0: And we're starting off as we mean to go on with Wrestlemania 27! Hello once again I'm Kevin Mann, the Cowboy, joined as I am always in this review of 2011 wrestling onwards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> By my
0: cohorts, comrades, and colleagues. First of all, to my right, uh, Adam Beans Bibolo. Hello, sir. Hello there, Kevin. You're right. I'm very well. Are you uh,
2: excited to get into oh our new concept? So jazzed for this. Like, oh, man, this is such a nice idea, the way we're doing it, and this fucking pay per view. Oh, Have you got a s- uh, lot to say yeah, yeah, yeah. about <laughs> it? got a fair bit to say about it. Fair this bit to just say just, about yeah, this yeah, one, just what are you saying? Very excited to be doing this again. Yeah,
0: I was say, has it been interesting to actually, you know, dust off the old saddle and ride back into Wrestletown and Ryback, just... Ry, <laughs> Ry- <laughs> Ryback. He changed his name, didn't he, recently? To, yeah, uh, to Ryback. Ryback Ryan Reynolds. Ryback Re- Ryan Reynolds. Re- Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> like it's
2: his name. So, he- is it? Was it was a different for you. It's been a while since yeah, you watched like- a pay per view for for a show. Like when that. I sat down and uh, watched this, it was like, oh, it feels like a bonus episode. But this is actually what we're getting stuck into now. This is like just the first episode in our new timeline like so it's really exciting knowing that like all these recurring characters and bits that we're noticing now are going to keep coming back and it's not like we're going to be talking about john cena for the first time in the last time today. that's like, true yeah i just introducing him to the podcast and not.
0: that's going to be a lot of fun and uh, to my left unquestionably the baddest man on the planet and someone who thinks he can podcast with an earring that exposes the business. <laughs> Billy Keeble, how you doing? I'm okay, how are you? You uh, signed off emails to me and text messages this last week with uh, fuck WrestleMania twenty <laughs> yes. seven. And you're not usually one for the caps lock and yet there it
3: was. Yeah, I just wanna just want to know, who do you think you are? <laughs> What makes you think that you would, you could do this to us? Uh, well, I figured that
0: we've, we've got a, a podcast going and people like it, so we should do more of it. <laughs> that, was, that was the general idea, so that we would do more. You seem really assaulted, Billy, by this. He's assaulted? One thing I feel like... <laughs> I had to watch it as well, just for the fucking records.
3: It's just bad. It's it's quite possibly the single worst pay-per-view I've ever watched. Whoa! Wow! But worse than all the worst ones that we said during the original run of the podcast. I think this is worse. Wow, this is going
0: to be an interesting one to get into then. Crikey. It's an interesting time for us here in the Ash podcast. Obviously, we've moved on to pastures green and we're looking at a whole new concept and a whole new series of pay-per-views. We are, of course... Looking at attempts to revitalize, rekindle, or possibly just appropriate from the Attitude Era to try and make wrestling fun again. It's so to make it fun again. <laughs> Attitude Era never coming back, lol. But that's still not going to stop us from looking at times that they've tried to make it come back. And no more so than the time The Rock was forcibly reintroduced to the wrestling world after a long, lengthy exodus. And I wanted to start off by asking you... I mean, thoughts on The Rock when we were leaving the Attitude Era podcast, the main timeline, because it was someone who definitely, frequently, was MVP. Anytime there was a promo, bar one or two, he had something like 30 knock-em-out-of-the-park promos.
2: I was wondering your thoughts on The Rock from the Attitude Era before we get into this. Immaculate. like He was just the best. Like By the time we'd finished the podcast, at that point in the timeline, he was like peak rock. He was just... You know, incredible in the ring, like his best ever on the mic. He like he was insanely over, like, just the right amount of catchphrases like, as well before yeah, it got too yeah, it cumbersome. Didn't get silly, like you know, it wasn't like just all about t-shirts and stuff. At this point, he was just the perfect sort of top guy.
0: It was pre sweet cream on an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> <rock>. <laughs> yeah, remember that one? It's the
2: booger red of Rock
0: catchphrases. That one, Billy. Your thoughts on the Rock, kind of, because you were someone who hadn't seen the Rock. Until we went and we did the podcast, it really is much, in yeah. as his prime. So, what was it like viewing The Rock through fresh eyes?
3: I really, really enjoyed it. I said it in, 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 the, in the previous episode that I actually preferred The Rock to Stone Cold over the run of the Attitude Era. So, I, I absolutely was absolutely enamoured with The Rock he's through the run of the podcast. He's funny, isn't he? He's, he's absolutely brilliant.
0: It's really interesting about him because we're, we are putting him on a pedestal here. But I think we... We kind of maybe begrudgingly accepted that Austin maybe had some sort of a bigger role overall in the Attitude Era. But certainly I think when you take into account that there was always talks of Austin not want to work with people and putting people down and having grudges and being paranoid the Rock really does come out smelling of roses more than almost anyone yeah. in the Attitude yeah, yeah. Era. And he was never really seriously injured during the Attitude Era. He always had good runs. He was always in a good feud, except for the time he was with Billy Gunn. And if he ever was in a good feud, he just vocally complained about it. got <laughs> that he liked. So, The Rock leaving wrestling and going off to becoming Hollywood... I mean, Scorpion King is where this all starts, but, I mean, not to get into all of The Rock's movies and goings-on in Hollywood, it could be ripe ground for Bono episodes in the future, but The Rock making it big in
2: Hollywood, was that something you thought was definitely going to happen? Um, I wanted it to happen at the time, because I was a kid. But I remember just like... You were like rooting for the Scorpion King. Yeah, you know, like... You want him to beat Brendan Fraser. (laughs) No good Brendan Fraser. He's been pushed too hard. I was excited about the idea of The Rock being in loads of huge movies and like, you know, being able to see him as an action star. But I think it took such a long time for his career to get really off the ground that by the time he was actually a star, I'd already lost interest in him again. So
0: you didn't you don't think he hit the ground running? Not really. He did not like the score. Welcome King to kid, the jungle. Welcome to the jungle.
2: Like, he had bit parts in a, like, a film called Get Cool or something that yeah. he was like a bodyguard yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. He didn't he did really did kind the of too fairy classic. Yeah, you know, like he just did loads of like really small that like, you'd know about
3: them. They weren't like unheard of films. They were there. But nearly but... all of them were quite critically panned. Yeah. Not necessarily because of history. Him, mm. but he just for some reason he chose to be an utter dross i think he was kind of making connections though Austin. because mm. i mean if you look
0: at him starting off there there was a couple of ones where he was the main guy they didn't do yeah. so well and then he started being co-starring in some of these kind of big budget mm. but maybe he wasn't the big star and then a few years later when you have things like tooth fairy coming along he was in the position where they knew he was money they knew yeah. he could work they weren't taking a risk on the rock he Proved himself to Hollywood, I guess, in those first few
2: Mm. years. He was paying his dues. He was just, you know, doing really shit for Yeah, you know, making Hollywood
0: movies in front of 20 guys in an armory. And they didn't care, you know. (laughs) They'd have the big explosion finale, even though there's only a few guys there in the building. You know, (laughs) they do that for them. I mean, I always thought The Rock was destined for success. And, like, as a kid, I was just like, I know The Rock's going to do us proud. (laughs) Seeing him now where he is at this moment in time, where he is, I think he is one of, if not the highest paid top. Yeah, yeah fucking hell highest paid
2: actor in Hollywood
0: he is to Hollywood what Kelsey Grammer was to TV during (laughs) the the peak Frasier Tude era like you know that's impressive so The Rock was always people wondering if he was going to come back and really hoping he was going to come back were you one of those people who was hoping The Rock was going to come back ever
2: um, not really, because I wasn't watching wrestling anymore at that point, so it didn't really bother me if Rock was coming back or if he decided to stay in Hollywood. I was oh. kind of distant from the whole Why thing. Why did you stop watching wrestling, I guess, maybe? Um, after the invasion, I just didn't really have too much interest in any of the sort of the main guys anymore. Like, after they'd turned Austin back and forth so many times a year, I didn't really care about him. Rock the Rock leaving like, as well. The Rock yeah. and Austin being gone is what
0: turned off, like, all my friends. Yeah, Did that to me in a large part, really. And a couple came back because of Lesnar,
2: but by and large, there was like a cull of like people who watched wrestling. Yeah, and because with like, as a non wrestling fan at that point, you'd still see The Rock's face everywhere in films and stuff. So, like, if it was a big deal that Austin was coming back, that might have been like a far more intriguing idea to me, but because The Rock was just a celebrity at this point wasn't really that big a deal to see him back again I mean interesting for you Billy because you obviously were watching during these wilderness years were you ever hoping that
0: some of these stars of yesteryear were going to knock on the door and come in like and um, make wrestling great again no
3: because I didn't know who they were (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't know their importance Eugene
0: can get over on his own he doesn't need (laughs) no Steve Austin or The Rock I genuinely stopped watching because Eugene got released (laughs) god I stopped watching because the great Cali just didn't get his push, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was interesting for me, I guess, as a fan because I was I was tried and true the whole fucking way, and bar one month where I nearly got suspended from school because I stayed up to watch wrestling in boarding school and you know picked a lock on a door. Sorry, guys, I did. I'm a bad guy, the Catholic school didn't look too kindly on that. Bar that one month, I've never stopped watching wrestling for better or for worse, which probably makes me a glutton for punishment at yeah. best and a sucker at worst. But I've seen so many times, the whole time, the number one thing with people who I used to watch wrestling with all the time, like best friends and cousins, you know, family. My brother used to watch wrestling, then he stopped. It was always a case of, are you still watching wrestling? I'm like, yes. Is blank coming back yeah. yet? Is for my cousin it was like, is Mick Foley back yet? Or my brother would be like, is it Austin or is it The Rock? Is he back yet? Or is it have they made it not shit anymore? Is Randy Orton been killed <laughs> and replaced by you know The Rock and Steve Austin or some combination of the two? So finally here we had it in 2011 when we never would have thought really in 2011 in a post Benoit PG wrestling world that we get anything we ever want. There was rumours that there would be a new host for WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, which was looking like it was going to be at best shit. And who was the big rumoured name to come in and host WrestleMania? Do you know who it was? It's Justin Bieber was the uh, big rumor. Oh,
3: because they were going to have a match where Justin Bieber was going to get the pin on someone. Some, <laughs> did some, you some, hear that? No, no I, it was like a dirt sheet. Vince wanted to have, it might have not been this one, it might have been a later one. But Vince wanted Justin Bieber in a match, in like a, a three-on-three tag and he wanted somebody to be pinned by Beaver. What gutter did you find this news? Oh, I can't remember. It was like a dirt sheet. I okay, we remember. have a three on
2: three match later that ends with someone else taking a pin. So it doesn't really seem that unrealistic. That's true. Yeah, like, that's when you think
0: true. So, yeah, there were heavy rumours that Vince wanted Bieber uh, to host WrestleMania. Because again, host. Because WrestleMania 25 and 26 took a bit of a dip from previous years, 24, which had Floyd Money Mayweather, and mm. 23, that had the next president of the United States, Donald Trump, headlining and <laughs> um, Believe me, no wonder he's been fighting Vince McMahon his entire adult life but we had a lack a bit of a void in 25 and 26 of big name celebrities so the idea the rumour was that Vince was going to come back in always thinking Wrestlemania equals celebrities and who was the hot thing in 2011 it was Justin Bieber doesn't matter what anyone says it was true he was really popular at the time and there was that episode of Raw in February, and all the lights dimmed down, like, and the host of WrestleMania, and they showed footage of lightning for around six minutes. Six. As, as all the mages in the back completed the circle, the, and the planets of the Grimlock system aligned, and all the energy came in. Just before people stopped booing and going, we don't want Justin Bieber, they thought it was a Bieber, who comes out but The Rock?
4: since I've been back. Seven years, to be exact. But I wanna take this moment, in the middle of this ring, to tell you why I'm back. It's not because of the money. It's not to promote a movie. I am back in the middle of this ring because of you. When I left, when I left the WWE seven years ago, I dreamed big, and you guys dreamed big with me. You helped me accomplish my goals, accomplish my dreams, because you never left my side. And I want to take this moment to tell you all here, you're live here, millions watching around the world. I want to tell you, thank you. I love you, and it is because of you that I am back in this ring, and it is because of you, and I give you my word, I am never, ever going away.
0: And my fucking God in heaven, the wrestling world exploded once again, because this is when Twitter was just starting off, and I got calls from people I hadn't spoken to in years, did you hear wrestling's great again? <laughs> that clip of The Rock coming back and talking about wrestling and talking about him coming back and him not liking John Cena was watched so many times on YouTube. It was watched it 28 million times or something fucking ridiculous like that. So did you guys hear about the big buzz and The Rock
2: coming back? Yeah, yeah. It, like That was one of the first things that... I mean, because I'll say right now, I watched this WrestleMania live after not having watched any live pay-per-views for such a long time. So this was your return? This was first year at uni, and I found out that the local student bar is going to be playing WrestleMania and like doing onion rings and pints and shit. So like, <laughs> the onion like,
0: rings sold me,
2: brother. Like, me, me and a friend went and watched it, and I was like, oh, and also I've heard The Rock's going to be there, so it'll be fun. <laughs> like, you know, it was like my first foray back into the wrestling world and a few weeks beforehand yeah I had heard of The Rock coming back because it was like you know it'd blown up online so
0: is it right to say that The Rock coming back
2: influenced you to watch wrestling again yeah it influenced me I think honestly the main influence was the Onion (laughs) (laughs) ring. yeah it certainly helped that The Rock was going to be there like it was a draw but yeah and the PWI 500 comes out next week and there's Onion (laughs) (laughs) rings.
0: you you can put butts in seats how about you Billy were you hearing rumblings at the time of The Rock coming
3: back did you watch WrestleMania 27? no I didn't not Uh, my first pay-per-view that I came back to was the following Royal Rumble Ah. when the three of us went to that sports bar that was the year after I think it took me me a while to I didn't hear any of the buzz I think I remember because I was living with Adam at the time Mm. I think I remember Adam saying I'm going to go watch wrestling and I just went I used to watch wrestling be all and end all of that. Yeah, um, it wasn't until the following road to WrestleMania that I actually got into it.
0: It's very interesting for me because I mean, this is the first WrestleMania I had Twitter for, and so I kind of felt a lot more engaged and felt like it was a lot more like, oh, everyone's kind of getting involved. And I always wondered if part of that was just because there's people tweeting about it, yeah. you know, so you feel less lonely when you're watching wrestling. But I watched this one live as well, and of course, 2011 is interesting because we're exactly 10 years after. Wrestlemania 17 so looking at the difference is going to be very interesting and for me this was 2011 this is when I first came to the United Kingdom when I invaded essentially you know came off the ferry wearing you know a cut off denim vest tight denim pants you know you Protestants know who I am (laughs) but you don't know why I'm here where oh where is billionaire Cameron where is Queen Elizabeth (laughs) a couple of weeks later my mate Paddy comes over and he's tall like Kevin Nash so this is the United Kingdom look at the adjective is (laughs) so for me (laughs) it was a big moment to finally be here in the UK watching wrestling Wrestlemania 27 wrestling's gonna be fun again it's gonna be great The Rock's back it's all fixed Attitude Era is back right? right? Let's uh, dip our toes into the water and see how this fucking abomination of a pay-per-view went.
4: From the Georgia Dome in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia, the WWE presents WrestleMania 27!
2: Featuring the very best from Raw and SmackDown!
4: And now... Here he is, your host! Finally! The jabroni-beating, la 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 Fighting! The People's Champion! trailblazing, blazing eyebrow-raising, supernova of entertainment! The great one has many nicknames! The most electrifying man in showbiz today! He's The Rock!
0: So here we are, ten years later! Ten years since the last episode of the Attitude podcast. Mm. What? they slowed down that release schedule. Am I right, <laughs> folks? So The Rock's return on Raw. Did you see that promo of The Rock coming back? You know, and him cutting a new one on John Cena. Is that the same promo as the, I want to thank you? I love you, and I'm never going away again.
2: How long did he take off after? Uh, <laughs> he already? took her uh, in around eight months, off <laughs> <laughs> there, thereabouts.
0: So yeah, The Rock came back, and he cut a what I must say was a fucking amazing promo. And when he did come back, there was one thing that was very obvious: is that The Rock was a lot better at promos than 99% of the guys they had in their roster. Mm. And who did The Rock target first of all? Everyone's favorite, (laughs) everyone's most hated top guy at the time, John Cena. So The Rock went after John Cena and said that no one likes John Cena. He said that he looked like Fruity Pebbles. That's a type of cereal. Mm-hmm. Had you heard about the legitimate beef, apparently, between The Rock and John Cena, where they stemmed from? No. Bits and pieces, I've got no, no, a comment
2: made in an interview or something. Yeah,
0: Cena out. said something in an interview with The Sun newspaper, and he said something on the lines of, If you love wrestling, you should be here all the time. Mm. So The Rock apparently took exception to that. And they did play off some real life things here. Now, the main problem with The Rock coming back and cutting this fucking promo, which was an awesome promo, for him saying that he loves us all he's never going away he also managed to include a plug for his Instagram and his Facebook in the first three minutes of his promo. <laughs> very, very, the Rock is back. I want to check out DwayneJohnsonOfficial.com dot slash Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, YouTube. Team, man, <laughs> <The> Super <laughs> official <laughs> promo. Can you do no, not Hey, listen, man. <laughs> so finally, the Rock is back in the spot. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the the Rock is uh, is back, and the Rock has cut a promo with John Cena. And what happens the week after that? They have a pay per view, Elimination Chamber. Everyone's there with a rock sign, it was there chatting, Rocky. Where's The Rock? I don't know, probably fucking Hollywood doing <laughs> whatever yeah. The Rock does. He would release these videos on YouTube, putting yeah. down John Cena. Have you seen the one where he's
2: all sweaty and like really fucking aggressive? That mad awkward, I think. It is? Why is it awkward? Because you know it's just The Rock by himself, stood in front of a camera, like I, when, within, like a
0: freak. When The Rock goes, and the millions, everyone goes, and millions. Yeah, and everyone does it, it's cool. When he's on his own in front of his pool. <laughs> It's going a
3: little bit
0: mad. The message is right. If, if you're going to be like, hey, The Rock, wants to know what your name is, and the person's like, well, it doesn't matter. The whole crowd does it with them. Now, when he's on his own, The Rock ends up a few times in this promo, kind of talking over himself a little bit.
4: And I'll talk to you just like this until you like me, until everyone likes me. Please like that shut your bitch ass up. It's tonight, tonight. The that they're not going to boo me, especially the men. It's tonight, tonight. Well, Gene, I think... Uh, but my name's John... It doesn't matter what your name is!
0: It's like, John Cena, coming out here, you can... Shut your dumbass mouth! John Cena, you say you talk about The Rock and the people... He just shouts out! What the fuck is he, Eli? Like? So we got The Rock here, and here we are, Hotlanta, Georgia, written in the stars, a million miles away, and I immediately regretted this decision. I don't know about you, but I convinced myself from doing the Attitude Era podcast the pay per views were three hours long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Runtime of this bad boy, four hours and ten. Yeah. And we didn't even watch the pre show. No. Oh. Makes this series WrestleMania, which was seven hours, seem small by comparison, <laughs> but my God. We had "America the Beautiful" sang not by Justin Bieber, but by someone I've never heard of. Yeah, I I have no idea who this lady is. They did a bang up job, better than "Boys to Men," I think. Yeah. Did you like the American symbolism and the screen behind them? Like, I didn't notice. I wasn't even paying attention. All the American symbolism. There was loads of shots of like grain. (laughs) <laughs> and water and jets. <laughs> Only stream. in America. Only <laughs> in America. I'm going to drink a glass of water right now and thank God that America can provide me with this. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you, America. Um, for the record as well, I've never reviewed the national anthem before from America.
3: <laughs> oh well, this isn't a national anthem. Is, is it us? No, this is a secondary song, "America the Beautiful." Is this
0: like Ireland's call? So like when they're doing the rugby, they don't offend anyone. Yeah, no, <laughs> this, uh... this is
3: it's um the national anthem is uh, "Oh say can you say."
0: So why why do they use this one then? Is this for like wrestling or what is it? It's
3: just just a bit interchangeable. Um, "America the Beautiful" is just like a patriotic song. So yeah. if
0: at a football game like at the XFL were they America the Beautiful or were they do O'Say oh,
3: say can you see I wonder? I can't remember when I went to see the New York Mets play they did um, oh say can you see. and then i got mad glares from Americans because I'm not going to stand up and take my hat off and put it to my heart for your national anthem.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't even do it for my own. (laughs) Did they sing God Save the Queen, though? That's how you know. know? That's that's, that's the difference. Well, I will just say, not to criticise America Beautiful too much, but for the record, there ain't no fucking Purple Mountains, lads. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Purple Mountains? No, I don't think so. The theme song, can we just say how fucking catchy that is? Yeah. Dude, I, it's not in a good way. No. Nah. Mm. it's stuck in my head right now, and I do like the artist. is called Tiny Tenpei. <laughs> Because tempe is delicious. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
3: It's a weird one because they use that to this day for the football on Sky One. They use that song Mm. every week. Written in the stars. Yeah, yeah. They use it every week. Didn't they reuse it for a couple more pay per views as well? They have used it. Yeah, they've used it a few times this one. But it's used everywhere on Sky Sports. Sky Sports love Tiny Tempe for some reason.
0: I I do. I I love and hate it. It's like Randy Orton's entrance music. You know, it's got no positive qualities, but it's very memorable. So it's got that going for it. The opening that we get after this. Which one? one? The, 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 the first one, the the pre-opening ones. We had American Beautiful, then we had this Jabroni beating.
3: I can't express la, la, how la, la, much la, la, I hate the rock in this moment. It's, <laughs> it's, such, it's such a bad start for me trying to get back into the spirit of the rock. But Billy, he's a supernova of entertainment. He's not
2: though. <laughs> Well, whoever he is, he doesn't deserve this amount of fanfare beforehand. This announcer is so enthusiastic about The Rock. He's
0: well into The Rock. What do you think of The Rock doing the jabroni-beating, pie-eating, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, son-of-a-gun... I don't like that. I don't like it, it, don't I, like
3: it because it's, it's, it it took me out of it because I know that pie means vagina. Yeah. In the Rock's world, well. so he's just a like it's you know PG content. Uh, yeah. and, and You can guarantee I will perform Cunnilingus.
0: I don't say right, I just because the Rock is such a fucking jerk. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would do Cunnilingus. He really no, doesn't. Uh, the Rock, seriously, yeah. you think the Rock? I don't think so. No. I mean, I think that he's just talking a big game there and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. The Rock comes out. And takes his fucking time
3: not only does he take his time it's Wrestlemania he's not wearing a tuxedo I know my, uh, my biggest complaint he about he was guy. not wearing yeah. a tuxedo and it's Wrestlemania have some goddamn respect at least a, like a suit
2: that's been unbuttoned or something like you don't have to wear a tie but something better because that's attractive. interesting because like on
0: the promo package you know sorry, the promo shot the first post, me, yeah, he's it's there. him pointing yeah. it. and I always thought they looked weird because I've never seen The Rock in a suit before yeah. so I wasn't sure what he could do to kind of overcome he has to be The Rock uh, The Rock to not wear suits Oscars. He's not going to come out in a tracksuit with like Team Bring It on the front. <laughs> that's... Do you want uh, you wanted a tuxedo then? Yeah, I wanted to wear. Or yeah, at least
3: at least a tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> tuxedo Rocky that's, Johnson. That's potentially <laughs> something the Rock could do. A, t- he, a t-shirt, tuxedo kind of thing. At least a suit. Like he's the host for. God I was
0: hoping be. he'd do the the proper corporate '99 rock. Come out with the, you know the double-breasted suit with no shirt <laughs> off, no yeah. gold chain, like big sunglasses. Do you notice the more and more annoying the rock gets, the bigger his drums get. Like if hey, you <laughs> smell, <clears throat> what the rock <clears throat> is cooking. Whereas this one's if you smell.
3: <laughs> what The Rock
0: all life and earth wiped out is cooking you know, I don't like his tracksuit although it did look very very comfy yeah that's what it is it's comfort mate
3: there's a uh, 18 in 1 sign uh, as he's coming down and just made me go lol no because <laughs> how th- anyone could think that Triple H would beat the streak uh, is beyond me you know what at
0: the time People thought he might have. I thought he might. Because, I mean, it was Triple H. Yeah. But we do have a streak on the line later. Although you wouldn't think anything has happened at this WrestleMania, considering we're fucking 20 minutes in, and it's all just been about The Rock. Yeah. And can I talk as well? When The Rock comes into the ring that fucking cube? What is that? <laughs> yeah.
3: I, the cube is out all night just projecting. It's
0: like a bad guy or a boss
3: from a Sega Mega Drive game. <laughs> Look! Yeah. We can
0: make one 3D image!
3: Ah. What's, what's the thing from Mother? Gygas? Gygas! It's a on. little bit more Andros than Gygas. No, seriously,
0: it is kind of awkward at this point because there's two things that this is missing. You need someone to set the scene Thank you for welcoming us into our homes in front of a large, cello audience. The pageantry, the granddaddy. You need that to set the scene Mm. for WrestleMania. And because Cole is a heel here tonight, more on that later, and The Rock certainly isn't going to do that, you've got like this long, awkward intro to WrestleMania where. You're not being welcomed as a viewer. I'd like to be thanked for letting them into my home. Yeah, 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 but more or less,
3: you're more or less getting welcome to WrestleMania. Fuck off. Is what Cole is doing without obviously swearing.
2: (laughs) The Rock stalls so fucking much. Oh, this fucking kills me. He's like he's just trying to fill his time up or something.
3: When The
4: Rock says wrestle, the people will say mania. Wrestle! 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 And to all the WWE superstars, The Rock has got goosebumps, good lord almighty. (laughs) And to all the WWE superstars, past and present, and to one WWE superstar in particular, who right now is in the back trying to decide which rainbow fruity pebble t-shirt he's gonna put on tonight. This is gonna get good, this is gonna get good. Before we do this next one, let The Rock take a drink of water. But this just ain't any water, this is the people's water. When The Rock says Yabba, the people say Daba. Yabba. 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 Yeah, Bob! I say Lance,
0: you say Armstrong, Lance! Armstrong!
2: You all knew. (laughs) Doing warm-up exercises with the crowd
0: as well, getting them to sing along and shit. This kind of should have happened before the cameras were on. Absolutely you know this is like Justin Roberts saying okay guys yeah. the crowd that makes the most no Jeremy Borash at TNH <laughs> the guys who make the most noise out of you 17 people are going backstage to meet the wrestlers you were in the queue for earlier to get into the building oh my god
3: I'm so excited I, uh, the rock completely lost me when he picked up the water and said this is the people's water <laughs> yeah. with, with no passion in his voice uh, this, you- off, no, this is the people's water fuck off this is the people's fucking
0: crutch because you can't do a full promo without having a drink of water. Mate, you're not doing a podcast, you're doing a promo. There's a difference. You can't cut out the drinking of the water afterwards. When I say Yabba, the people say Dabba. Aww, Fuck off, Rock. Fuck terrible. off. Yabba Dabba, is he advertising for Halifax? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping The Rock would go for more of a Top Cat vibe here. But The Rock makes a very big promise at the start of this.
3: The most memorable Wrestlemania Of all time. (laughs) All time. Forgetting that he took part in WrestleMania 17 (laughs) and several other WrestleMania.
0: Now, you could have put a little bit of a ring fence around this. The most memorable WrestleMania to date. Mm -hmm. You know, start saying that no WrestleMania after 27 could possibly reach the heights we're going to reach here tonight, folks, because The Rock is here. Unlike those other ones where I wrestled main event matches (laughs) with some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Okay. Um the rock says can you feel it can you taste it can you smell it can you dig it <laughs> uh, it was uh interesting to see the rock swe- sweating here he was sweating more than he used if he was at a high school coach's fake funeral here
2: <laughs> seriously did the sweat? Oh, why does he sweat so much? It made me mad uncomfortable, because it, like, he's there doing these warm-up exercises with the crowd, sweating loads. It looked to me like he was like, ah, I'll just wing it. And he got out of there and he was like, oh, oh it's <laughs> WrestleMania. Yeah. There's a lot of people should I should have prepared. <laughs> uh, when The Rock says, uh, Yabba, you sweat yabba uh, Give me some water. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I think is weird about this is
0: like the fact that he has stolen so much and he's sweating so much. And I need to find out, because... I've been doing how wrestling for you know just over a year now, and one question I constantly get asked by new fan Joe is that wrestler has just come out and he's spoken for two minutes. Why is he sweating through his yeah. suit? Why is he sweating so much? I've been to WrestleManias inside those indoor arenas. That fucking AC is cold, man. How do... Why? How does you sweat a, so much? I
3: suppose there's a lot of lights on the actual ring itself. So. Is it hot in the ring, do you think? I think it could be. Might be. Also, remember,
2: like, you are stood in front of 70,000 people. It's bound to get your blood pumping and, like, you know, your perspiration going a little bit. I know he's not exactly exerting himself, I just want but... to see the rock do ten minutes of stand-up
0: inside a sweaty, dingy room in Edinburgh <laughs> for two weeks in the Fringe. He'd be fucking melting, like... <laughs> He does this really, really big bit here at the end where he's like, you know, the rock is here and the rock is back. The rock's going to do the. Uh, it didn't even rhyme. No, nah, no, nah. it was awful. Mate, I'm holding you to the same standards as Seamus Heaney or any other fucking poet I had to learn about. If it doesn't rhyme, it's not proper, okay? Nah. And if you're not rhyming your poetry, it ain't proper. He says as well at the end, you know, when you about to go, if you smell, he goes, oh, this isn't just the rock's catchphrase. Uh. This catchphrase belongs to the people.
3: It's just pandering to yeah. the highest degree. fucking hate it. Does
0: that mean we can start releasing If You Smell What the AE podcast is cooking <laughs> t-shirts and we can monetize that because we technically own that intellectual property? Verbal contract. We're all people, right? <laughs> right. Everyone holds the invisible mic where he's going, If you smell... It's funny to see like 70,000 people all pretend to suck a cock at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you need your own microphones, folks. Now we get... The real opening, that, that that I can't believe it ended there because like I thought all of that was just a setup for him actually hosting the show. No, that's that wasn't, it. That wasn't hosting. Like I was waiting for the welcome to WrestleMania later on. You know, like he was you know say a few quips about the matches that are coming up later on. Like you're the biggest show of them all, but he just talked about himself for ten minutes. All he
0: did was spoil the outcome of the main event. And also bury John Cena, the top star. Now, if you're going to come back, and I'm sure this is something that we'll say time and time again, because we're in the land of the part-timers now, and the limited appearances, and WrestleMania being stacked with outsiders coming in, at least fucking say something nice about the talent. Put him over. He's the host. It's going to be the most memorable WrestleMania of all time. Not because of anyone on that roster because of me because of this guy Mm -hmm. who's in here drinking water and saying yabba dabba and (laughs) that that is putting us off on the wrong foot I think
3: I I don't know if I'm just comparing it to how good the introduction to Wrestlemania 30 was where we had Austin, Hogan and The Rock that's how you do it that's That's how you do it because they put over the talent they obviously put over themselves but who can blame them and then they put over the wrong stadium, thanks to Hogan. You know, it was a great intro. So I don't engaging, know if I'm just comparing it to that. I just like think exactly what you should do. Maybe lessons were learned from this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when
0: he came back, do you think he got a fucking round of applause through the the curtain? <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably not. Like Vince probably, probably give a big thumbs up. Like you know. So we get the real opening package now. What was really sad about it is that they're going tonight and they show a couple of clips of the actual wrestlers who were there. You know, Cena, Miz, a little bit of CM Punk if you squint, you'll just see him. Who's that? Randy something? I don't know. And then who gets top fucking billing? The Rock, Austin, Trish Stratus, Triple H, The Undertaker. The Attitude Era. It's a homecoming of sorts tonight, folks. Most of them aren't actually wrestling, but they'll be here. That is really disrespectful, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah, sour.
0: And I think, like... WrestleMania 26 actually performed poorer than WrestleMania 27. But I think in WrestleMania 26... The roster came off a lot better than it does here. I think mm. it's just seeing weird as well with a hype-up package when they're putting over Austin and Rock and then you see Miz and Alberta Del Rio and they're like, <laughs> and they're here
3: as well, folks. Yeah, the Miz, the defending champion at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. gets nothing tonight. Yep.
0: Del Rio, who was meant to be crowned here as the new top heel, nothing. He gets a fleeting glance. He gets a Bull Buchanan might win Royal Rumble 2001 <laughs> yeah. amount of footage here. And then we get Cole. I was hoping he'd introduce us to uh, WrestleMania. This is the fabric of Americana. What the fuck is that? That's a George Bush victory speech from 2002.
2: Is what that is. I like the uh, the stage design when they show yes. you all the pyro and the fireworks going off lovely big Wrestlemania set actually feels like a Wrestlemania I
0: like that logo as well that yeah. big Wrestlemania bright bold font and the music as well hits it perfectly on all those marks Presentation it feels well yeah, yeah absolutely and there's a big crowd there mm. and Atlanta nice big wrestling city obviously was a WCW hotbed during uh, during the Attitude era and it's really nice to see that they were able to fill out a big stadium like mm. that but Wrestlemania at this point in time is not like maybe Wrestlemania 17 or 16 or 15 In that it's not just, hey, here's the town. Is this a good town? You're talking about the world is descending upon one place. And Mm. it was starting up when I saw WrestleMania and WrestleMania 25. But by 27, it's a well of a machine of Ring of Honor doing shows, of Dragon Gate, of all these signings and conventions. The world of wrestling fandom is here in this building. So you would expect enthusiasm. I say expect (laughs) Our opening contest Is for the World Heavyweight Championship Lol (laughs) Alberto Del Rio Versus eggs Thoughts on Alberto Del Rio Eggs Eggs. (laughs) Eggs Thoughts on Alberto Del Rio At this time he had just come in He was here for a few months As this fucking badass Sexy George Clooney Dickhead I thought he was a cool gimmick I want to know what your thoughts were on Del Rio around this time. Adam, you just seen him, obviously. I fucking
2: love it. Like, he's such a nasty prick. He's just such a bastard. He comes out of his big car with a big shit-eating grill on his face. Has his own ring announcer, like... Ricardo Rodriguez. He, he is awesome. amazing. Yeah. What a great addition to a fucking gimmick. Love it. And on the background screen, he's got like a still image of a giant mansion with a big pool, and Michael Cole's like, oh yeah, that's Del Rio's estate that he's got in the background. He has a so,
0: hundred like, workers who work on his ranch because he's a good man, Josh. <laughs> I,
2: no, I, I love the gimmick, and I think he performs pretty well as well.
0: I fucking love as well Alberto Del Rio coming out in that big car. I love... He looks so fucking delighted to be there with his cool robe and his cool brum-brum. I mean, I'd come out in brum, that car, <laughs> to psych out and get in the minds of my opponents.
3: But he looks feckin'
0: delighted to be there! Yeah, he uh, looks very, very happy.
3: Thoughts on Alberto? Uh yeah. When I first saw Del Rio, which would have been about nine months later, uh, I, I did enjoy him. I can't remember what he was doing at the time. I think he was in the rumble match
0: yeah he's probably been squandered <laughs> yeah um,
3: but yeah I did enjoy him especially Ricardo i I, I don't think I would have enjoyed. Uh, Del Rio as much if it wasn't for Ricardo. yeah that makes that character
0: work like I think it's a complete package and without him or trying to make Del Rio face like they did Mm. I mean I think this is peak Del Rio and he went straight downhill from here this is when there was promise and potential this According to all the dirt sheets at the time and you know, Meltzer and everyone, this was going to be his crowning time. Like He was being pushed heavily. He'd beaten up pretty much most of the roster. He won the 40-man Royal Rumble. The one that was the biggest Royal Rumble ever. Now, it's the biggest Royal Rumble ever because they included the core and the nexus in it. But that's another discussion. Yeah. But he had been put over quite strong. He also has his protégé from NXT, which had started its second season around oh. this time. It's uh, Brodus Clay
2: there. Curtis Hughes 2.0, basically. All right,
0: Jesus, lads. Bro, is there anything more fucking depressing than seeing Brodus Clay there in his fucking pound shop t-shirt he made
3: himself? Do you see what was written on the back? No. It looked like it said, "She." S H E E E E E. Like she. It's like, sheen. Ra- <laughs> that's, what I, that's what it looked like. I, I, I just kept. I, I couldn't pay attention to a lot of this match because I was thinking, what the fuck is written on Clay's back? What I was, is
0: it? I was interesting. I mean, like. Could she be like? It's it's his grunt. He does say she. He and he purposely wrote she on his. back. Yeah, because there's a point where the referee goes over and goes, get out of the way there. And he goes, I didn't do nothing. She. Oh, is he just uh, watched the wire? Then? I think he's yeah, trying to do the wire. I get it. Is he trying to be Senator Clay Davis? Because he's not got the figure well, for Brodus
3: Clay. Brodus Clay Davis. Brodus, Senator
0: Brodus Clay <laughs> Davis. like... You might be onto something there, Billy. Yeah, the Funkosaurus is going to go to the Senate and be corrupt
3: as fuck. (laughs) Christian comes out. I hate Christian's theme. It's so awful. I hate it so much.
0: One of the main differences between watching like 10 years previous and watching here is we can agree this is the fucking dark ages of wrestling music. Oh. A lot of fucking just. uh, It's all
3: the same. Mm. It just all. It sounds like it's all done by. I mean, with, with CFO dollar sign. Hmm. as I'm going to call them, because I don't, I think you put CFOs. CFOs, CFOs, is that how you do it? Yeah, that's how they call them. CFO dollar sign. Obviously, it's two guys making all this music, and it all sounds so different. And also it has that
0: wrestling music vibe to it. It has that real kind of fucking Jim Johnson, the walk has the fucking sign of the strong. Whilst I'm
3: sure all this music was made by like a load of people and it all sounds the same. Oh, it's Mm. fucking dreadful, tedious, shy. I don't
0: want when my wrestlers are coming out to hear in my head an insert of Corey Graves. And I'd like to thank some shit band you've never heard of for giving one of the nine themes tonight for NXT TakeOver. (laughs) That's what I get when Christian comes out here. Edge and Christian are referred to as being lifelong friends. Notice they're no longer brothers. No, officially Mm. not What happens in 10 years? Like, you know, guys stop being brothers. When Christian turned heel on Edge and said, I have no brother, did he actually get legal paperwork? (laughs) (laughs) Signed and filed and documents. I mean, we might as well mention it now. Edge and Christian here have become mainstays. I mean, obviously, much different career paths. Edge obviously did a lot better for himself Mm. than Christian. When you were watching during the Attitude era, did you feel that like these two were destined for main event status?
2: Edge becoming like a ridiculously number of time world champion? Not at all. When I was a kid, you mean? Yeah. No, not at all. Back then, to be fair, back when I was a child, the even the idea of a tag team person becoming a single star was ridiculous to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Didn't think it was possible. No, and... I always thought tag teams like, especially ones like Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys, who like gelled together, and the same with the Hardys because like, they were such a solid unit I thought I could just couldn't imagine them being separated at all
0: I think the, only, with the exception of Devon Dudley all the other ones have won recognised world championships in one way shape or form between right. Hardys Edge and Christian and the Dudley boys yeah. so d Von didn't win a world title you know, Bully Ray did mm. Edge did Christian did Jeff and Matt both did as well so It's really interesting to see how, as time went on, they actually relied on those guys quite a lot. And they were the backbone of a number of companies. Michael Cole introduces himself from The Coal Mine. Mm. Now, we uh, ragged on Michael Cole an awful lot during the Attitude Era. Why would you say Michael Cole was maybe not our uh, favourite announcer? Any ideas?
2: Uh, steel stairs and chairs. <laughs> yeah. Just um, generally comp Tormendous. Generally. <laughs> tormendous o move. He really... I felt bad for him so often when we were
0: watching the Attitude Era. He seemed like someone who was like a deer in the headlights look. And yeah. Here true. we are ten years later and Cole is not only the lead announcer, he's also a heel and he's also having a match here tonight. And he's
2: also in a big plastic box now all of a sudden. The
0: Fortress of Aptitude. When did that start? The whole... Cole as a heel thing, and we'll talk about his angle with Jerry later on, obviously, Mm. but we need to mention, I guess, right now, because it's distracting as fuck throughout the night. And I'll say off the bat, I've always always identified myself as being a controversial fan of Michael Cole as a heel. Now, re-watching this stuff here now will be very interesting to see if that was something that will hold up Mm. in five years since the fact but I love the idea of Cole as a heel it started when NXT started where they had brought on Daniel Bryan and all these other guys and Cole was meant to be the voice of WWE and he was there to put down Daniel Bryan now some people say oh he was just there meant to be like because Vince wants to bury Daniel Bryan some people say oh they were planning it to make people who like Daniel Bryan like a more but you had Cole kind of go. this guy you literally would say he was a tool over and over again Josh Matthews would be like yeah but he's wrestled in Japan and yeah he's just he was one of these and Cole actually had a quote where he's like you're just one of these idiot fans Josh Matthews reading and believing everything you see on Twitter and the dirt sheets <laughs> oh what a difference a few years will yeah. make
3: he, I, he used to rag on Brian for being a vegan as well. Not yeah. on the TV,
0: mm. not having the look, being small. And as a result of that, he started getting behind Daniel Bryan's mentor, which was The Miz. Mm. And the whole thing was, like, Miz was someone who was looked down upon. He never got the respect he deserved. And now Miz is a champion. And Cole was like, yeah, I've never gotten the respect I deserve. And I've replaced Jim Ross, and I'm the best voice of WWE. So they made him a full-blown heel to support the Miz feuds that Miz was having with Jerry. And it spilled off from NXT onto Raw, SmackDown, and all of a sudden Cole is now in a little plastic box to protect himself from Jerry Lawler. I love the coal mine because he's got a little sign that he literally printed off. It's like Gareth Keenan investigates <laughs> the coal mine. Do you see he's got a little picture of himself as well yeah, on yeah. his monitor? What are your thoughts on
2: Cole's like general heel commentary throughout the night? obnoxious like I'm all for a heel commentator when it's done right it's brilliant but like he just gets in the way of wrestling so much like it's so distracting I mean I'm one to always look back and judge myself previously
0: and I was critical of how I acted in the past and I'm like yeah were you a good person and i really started to think throughout this show are you sure you're a fan of heel Cole? (laughs) because he had a few zingers but
3: I don't know what do you think Billy I enjoyed it yeah really really hated him so 10 out of 10 He did a good... Uh, He does does some, yeah. He made me hate him. But I couldn't tell if it was Xbox heat (laughs) or if it was, like, genuine heat. I I was second-guessing myself of whether I hate him because... He's such a great character, or if it's because I just I just don't want it. I mm. couldn't tell myself.
0: It's so strange because on paper it ticks all the boxes for me. He's an obnoxious heel. He's justified because he acts this way for a reason because mm. he feels he's never mm. gotten respect and he's like finally standing up for himself. And he like he did all these things where he's like I'm not that kid from 1997, 98. He confronted the Rock at one point and he's like know, I'm not that guy used to bully anymore. I'm a winner and all this kind of stuff. And he took him. He was like I'm a war correspondent. I thought it was so fucking funny and I thought that he did get good heel heat but the problem I've always had now thinking back is should the lead play-by-play announcer on all the shows be this obnoxious heel character? It does get a bit distracting at points and I wonder if we'll pick up on that throughout the evening. Edge as well. Did you know that this is his last match? Yeah. That's so eerie. Yeah. I, I didn't
3: know, but I had a feeling because I knew it was would have been around this point that he would have to retire.
0: Because he was gone by the time he started watching again. Yeah. And this is weird because, I mean, I've only watched this the one time and I'm looking back now kind of watching this with the knowledge that it's Edge's last match. Mm-hmm. It made me watch the match very differently, I think.
3: Yeah, he doesn't look
0: right. Do you think he performs off? Do you think that he's someone who's been told your your neck is fucked? Does he seem like he can't do the edge things that he does? Because he goes this master to a great pace.
3: I think he knows. I think he knows. And he's doing... He knows... it I think he knows it's his last match at this point. I don't think he found out for
0: definite until afterwards. The best of my well, knowledge. Well, it
3: may have had it in his head that it might be. Because I don't I know if there's something about the way he performed... It was like his heart wasn't in it. Apparently
0: there were instances before this where he had matches where he like lost feeling and stuff like that and had a few scares. Right. So I think there was a thing in the back of his head that he knew he was getting test results back and that mm. he was
2: going through this. So maybe we see a slightly more careful edge here. I didn't notice anything like that, to tell you the truth. I thought that the, his performance was totally fine. I didn't notice him holding back but I don't really know Edge as a main eventer like you guys do I've not really yeah. seen any of his big matches ah, or anything yeah. so I can't really judge it. I guess it's so interesting that you guys
0: both came back and watched wrestling after Edge had retired because I think that has been like a really recent thing but it's like Jesus it's like
2: nearly yeah, six I, years I ago I missed yeah. all of his main event run don't know Fucking any of it hell unbelievable he was
3: great in his main event run yeah. I really really enjoyed yeah, Edge on was, top he, we kept that company
0: going During those dark periods. Shades of ECW here. With everyone having a gratuitous fucking entourage. Just three lads on the outside of the ring. I don't like as well that Justin Roberts is the person to give Edge his last in-ring introduction for a match. And he doesn't go super (laughs) star. Unbelievable. Oh as well. Not to get back too brought in on the whole sweat thing. But they cut over to Brodus at the start of the match as the bell goes. And he's
3: drenched as well. That's because he's made of mincemeat.
0: And all he's done is say she. That doesn't make you... <laughs> she. We should stop saying it in case we all start fucking sweating as well. Um, not a very hot start, but good, decent action. And Del Rio works over the arm non-stop. And he's going for the arm because of the cross arm breaker. Mm-hmm. I will say at this point in time though that Del Rio not going after Edge's legitimate neck injury exposes the business. Yeah. You know, back in the day, Bill Watts he would have used magic to heal the neck and then just break his arm afterwards. (laughs) Make that a little bit more legitimate. I could bad as a viewer. Time limit draw, Bill Watts. He does a top rope arm drag, Del Rio, at one point. Fucking beautiful. So good. And then we get Josh Matthews chiming in. Great defense by Del Rio. That's offense, you fucking goon. <laughs> I think Josh Matthews might take the award for current most
2: annoying wrestling announcer. Yeah, he's the new Michael Cole. I've from the never liked Josh Matthews. Did you
3: uh, hear? Because he's with TNA at the moment, isn't he? <laughs> mate. By the time this episode goes yeah. out, TNA might not well, exist. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah. You're gonna. I can't future-proof this if you talk they've, about TNA. Uh, they've been lowering his voice on broadcast. They've been making his voice deeper. <laughs> because they seriously. don't seriously you just fucking fire him and get a new person they've been making his they've been changing the pitch of his voice they'll be auto-tuning Josh yeah. Matthews on it it's fucking I mean you've got Josh Matthews who's playing this kind of like oh
0: I don't know how to keep Jerry and Michael Cole away from each other he's trying to do a play-by-play and Cole's trying to do it over him mm. so you've got these two guys who are basically at loggerheads mm. and I don't feel that it's the best environment for you know, Cole to maybe help teach Josh and him get to yeah. that next level. And I don't think Josh ever did reach that next level of announcing. For me, he'll always be the guy who, when he turns to the camera on his first live Raw, his nose shot out a hot jet of blood. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to my... No, everyone's going to know I'm not a real man. I'm just a little boy in a man suit.
3: I'll always remember him as the, as the guy who got... Um, Possessed by the Undertaker. Oh, enjoying fuck. the ride. <laughs> I kind of
0: hope you get possessed by Booger Red Undertaker, like yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: immediately chewing tobacco juice comes out of nowhere, like. While we're talking about the commentary team, though, cause it's the first time we've had this since uh, the Attitude Era, I don't like three-man teams no. at all. No, no. Not in any incarnation. Like, there's there's good ones, there's better three-man teams, but I think they're always inferior to a two-man commentary team. It just brings back
0: invariable comparisons to uh, WCW,
2: but that's the way they like it now. They like the three-man
0: team. They like the guy who's calling the action, apparently, and then a good guy and then a bad guy. That's kind of how it's meant to be. Mm. Three man teams are the reason Byron Saxton exists. So and probably, David Otunga. Oh, yeah. fuck off. Ball game. <laughs> I like the back and forth here with Edge avoiding Del Rio at all costs, trying to get away from the arm breaker until Del Rio finally locks it in. And something I love about Cole at this point is that he gets so into heels winning and faces losing. Yeah. And he goes, tap out Edge, tap out Edge, tap out Edge. I fucking love it.
3: It's like he's like the reverse JR. Yeah, yeah you know, that's like, true. like, getting really into the baby faces. He's really getting into the heels. I you know, like that. Which is a, is a breath of fresh air. You don't see that. Well, that's true. how
0: people get over is by someone just fucking getting into someone as opposed to kind of going, oh, those guys are doing something. Which is yeah. how so much of yeah. the commentary is these days. Del Rio with his top rope enzagiri. Mm, delicious manoeuvre. So good. He, that guy is just... Full of moves that I love, mm-hmm. I could watch Del Rio wrestle. or oh, even his botches look beautiful, yeah, you know? crisp and clean. The entourage outside start to brawl, and then Brodus Clay does a t bone suplex to Christian, to which Michael Cole goes, Fall away, slam! Some things never change. <laughs> <laughs> Edge misses his spear, and then Del Rio locks in that cross arm breaker again, but Edge reverses and locks in lol the educator. Uh-huh. I love seldom used submissions in terms of wrestling moves it's the guy who has a voice at the start of his wrestling theme of themes you yeah know? seldom used wrestling submissions a colossal clutch I'm a big fan of that's the big show submission movie yeah for one month. nice the Batista bite <laughs> <laughs> that's the rings of Saturn and of course the move that he never broke out in the UFC because it's simply too dominant the Brocklock. The Brocklock. <laughs> the yeah. Brocklock. Where he would pick you up and bend your knee the way it's meant to be bent. The
3: Brocklock. Brocklock sounds like a goblin from a fantasy film. Brocklock. Brock <laughs> Warwick
0: Davis could play a Brocklock, I he think. He could. Edge hits the spear and Edge wins out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And I remember at the time being deeply pissed off because I didn't know that, you know, this. the obvious reason for this finish because Edge was leaving the next yeah. day. Mm. Del Rio gets shafted, unfortunately. Yeah. His push gets put to one side because they want Edge to retire with the belt and vacate us.
3: Who got the, the belt after Christian got Christian it very guy. shortly after,
0: yeah. and then it went to Randy Orton and
3: that whole. Shit so, so he off. did probably get shafted he then, because normally it yeah. would go straight could, to the other guy. Go to the guy who was. Probably gonna get it next. It's weird because I don't feel like Edge would be a
0: guy who's kind of would say, you know, I have to win tonight. I want the belt. I kind of feel that Edge would recognize the need for a big heel on that roster. Yeah, you think. Because Edge, I think, left a hole that's never been filled by Mm -hmm. the company. You look at guys like Seth Rollins, the guys who are resting fucking every fucking show two or three times, filling that hole, lengthy promo, big heel, always use them. That's a hole that Edge has left, and they never fill that hole over. Really anticlimactic, and Alberto Del Rio looks like a fucking chump.
3: Dude, where's his car? Let's vandalise it. I hmm. genuinely thought for a second that Edge was going to spare a car. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, they, they Edge actually drops an elbow on the car at one yeah. point. Why did they do this? They won. Yeah, they're just thugs. If like Del Rio used the car in the finish, like he honked the horn to distract him, then rolled him up, or then like threw him onto the bonnet or something, or like put him in the boot, it's just two Canadians beating up a car. Yeah, soul winners. That's the Edge's last in-ring moment. The last offensive move Edge did was an elbow drop on a car. Am I I reading into that right? So the match ends and Cole starts to agitate King and the audience. You getting ready, King? You getting ready, King? You getting ready, King? (sighs) You getting ready, King? And then Jerry Lawler thinks, and all that Memphis wrestling, and oh well, Andy Kaufman, and all oh, the secrets of wrestling, and oh did he do those things? You'll never know. The <laughs> case was dropped, wasn't it? They said that there's something wrong with the witnesses. But You are a moron, a moron. That was his comeback. He's turned into Jr. What is, <laughs> you are a moron?
2: <laughs> what do you think of Jerry Lawler in this kind of face role here? I this mean, doesn't oof. work. This is the Jerry Lawler that we've had right up until really recently. Like, it's the fucking worst.
0: Because we can all agree that heel, misogynistic, racist king is probably not the best of kings. But he's more entertaining than this. He's more on the. He's more
3: awake. He just seems like he's fucking. Mm. He's not enjoying over. it. Yeah. He, he's someone who enjoys being a heel I don't think he's ever enjoyed being a face it's because we
0: did own heart recently on how to wrestling and we saw some you know him doing commentary during the new generation when he's full heel hmm. but he's PG and he's young and he's fiery and he's quick witted and he is fucking incredible he's so good here he just just feels like he's does he not want to be face nah. I don't know is
2: he that sad that he can't say puppies anymore I mean I remember hearing an interview where, like, he talked, like, towards the end of, like, the last few years on commentary, his attitude was more like, oh, it's just, like, me and a couple of my buddies are just sitting and getting to call a match together, it's great. Like, You'd hear
0: stuff, like, he wouldn't watch
2: the show, like, yeah, he didn't know like, what the product was, he didn't know who a lot of the wrestlers even were. more like a hobby than work to him at that point. Easy paycheck, like. Do you remember when he, uh, called out Bad News Barrett and he was like, hey, Barrett, maybe next week... You won't be here. Who the fuck writes Jerry Lawler's?
0: Who writes his lines? George Lucas, like seriously. <laughs> Cody Rhodes is meant to be coming out, and Michael Cole, he's cutting his fucking promo, and yeah, he's got the passion, and yeah, he's making a point, and yeah, he's getting something over. But Michael Cole shouting at the top of his lungs, like he's losing his voice as Cody Rhodes is meant to be coming out and this mech match is meant to be getting started that just epitomises what's wrong with this whole angle it's Mm. too all consuming yeah like you need to like take a fucking moment you lads don't need to be here doing commentary it's a mess yeah Cody Rhodes versus Ray Ray Mysterio no longer dashing hideous Cody Rhodes and you know that because instead of woo it's whoa. (laughs) "Whoa!" (laughs) 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 it's like (laughs) puberty (laughs) summed (laughs) up the darkened theme I fucking love the darkened theme for Cody Rhodes did you know the story of how Cody Rhodes went from being dashing and having nice teeth and telling Husky Harris that he is not handsome to he did. He, Husky Harris was, you know, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. He was his protege on NXT, and he'd bring him out, and he'd be like, "Everyone knows how handsome, dashing Cody Rhodes is. I spend an hour on my teeth, and that's why they look quite good, and my breath smells delicious." But uh, Husky Harris, he's fat, and he smells of old bin bags. <laughs> And then, you know, Husky Harris would be like, I've got Barry Windham's boots, man. And like, Shut the fuck up, no one cares. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if I liked his kind of fat shaving aspect of his gimmick, but Dashing Cody Rhodes was money, particularly when he had a mirror jacket. And he would come out and you'd look in the big mirror in his titantron and see his face, it'd be all okay. But then Rey Mysterio did a 619 with an exposed knee brace. ...and shattered the face of Cody Rhodes. Except he doesn't. (laughs) He's hideous, Billy, what do you mean? So
3: my question is... So after this originally happened... did Did they do anything to show that he was disfigured under the mask? Or is this purely psychological... Where Cody thinks he's disfigured, but he's not actually... But he's so obsessed with the fact... Or am I reading too much into de- all of this? No, you're you're
0: absolutely right because the announcers, Cody, Ray, everyone acts as if Cody has had this horrible disfigurement. I like Ray's on. Ray never goes. There's fucking nothing wrong with you. Your mask is see-through. You can see that. No, they never that say that. That would have
3: that. been so interesting to do. Yeah, <laughs> but
0: unfortunately, they already set fire to Jim Ross, so they couldn't do the psychological scars <laughs> explanation. Like Cody's just gonna go, "What's wrong? Where are your scars?" Like you're just like the doctors. The doctors I had to hurt. No more questions about scars. So yeah, Cody Rhodes is wearing the mask. He's not hideous though. So
3: so, so what is the angle there? If they're not going to address it at any point, like we're we just only, meant to suspend our the, disbelief. The only other thing I could think of is that certain football players will wear it because they've had um, issues with their orbital bones. Yeah, right. no, so I mean, had they had their nose broken. They smashed so, their orbital bone. That's what they said. Yeah. So it could be that. It's they, but then they don't need to go into the fact that he's been disfigured. He's, he's had an injury to his face. Mm. And he needs it for his own protection. That's that's a gimmick right there. Yeah, you don't need to say that he's disfigured because he comes out with his hands over his face yeah. and yeah. all
0: that. And I think if you have that explanation, the one you've given mm. Billy, then all of a sudden this becomes Cody's a very reasonable heel who's got good motivation mm. as opposed to what the fuck are you doing? Like, are you pretending? Or Are you like, yeah. what, what is it? it? It's unfortunately like a really great gimmick that's just like a week or two of promos away from being perfectly making sense and yeah. really good. Mm. Apparently, like I'm not in the majority when I say I love this gimmick. I don't think Cody was a fan of it. I, I love I, it.
3: I I really like it, but what I think it needed is literally just a little bit of makeup under the mask. Something. Yeah, just a tiny bit. Give of makeup him a weird or eye or something. Or give him a black one because that's, that's what that's yeah. what that's what footballers wears. They 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 wear an opaque one. Yeah, you can get away with that completely. Then, but if you can fa- actually see his face clear as day through a a, a transparent mask, you you killing your own gimmick.
2: See, now, what I read into it watching this match for the review is I saw it as like a D'Lo Brown uh, chest protector kind of gimmick where he knows that his face isn't, you know, it's not fucked anymore. He just likes using the mask so that he's like... That's an that, very advantage. Yeah, he's got yeah. that weapon and that protection on his face. But... When I saw this back in 2011, like as a casual fan, I thought this was the most infuriating shit ever. Like, really? Yeah, I got so worked up about. It. In fact, I was turned off Cody Rhodes for years after this because I was, he like, was dumb. Oh, it's that fucking gimmick with the shitty see-through mask, and you expect me to believe he's disfigured? Like, I guess
0: one of the reasons why I loved it is and you didn't get you got so little of this back in this time 2011. Is that Jesus a bit of fucking character progression? Yeah. Mm. Here's a story that started before the Royal Rumble. He wasn't in the Rumble because of the injury. It carries on from a previous character and I thought that was good, and it was mm. at least felt like someone was making an effort for a mid to have a story. Because we said that's something we loved about the Attitude Era, but if you're not in the fucking main event and you've not got a world title around your waist, fuck me, you ain't getting no character progression on this show, mm. folks. Uh-uh.
3: It's something that Cody Rhodes is quite good at doing, is going from character to character. And hating
0: most of them. Yeah, he, <laughs> ha- he hates
3: all his characters, but there's always like a logical thing. like The whole yeah. thing with the, Ro- with the Rhodes Scholars was he saw a bit of himself in Damien Sandoz so I'm going to emulate that and then Sandow you know um, betrayed, betrayed, him. Him. um yeah. betrayed him and then he saw his older brother and it was just like oh I love my older brother we're friends again I'm going to emulate him and it's, it's, startups, it's a good you know, running storyline with, with so Cody true. Rhodes over the years
0: and I, yeah I've always felt that they were missing a trick which is kind of Cody was. there's so many guys in his car tonight who you can kind of go, oh man, just so close to something big. Mm. And they're not with the company anymore. This is like the first of like five or six times this is going to happen tonight. I know just to confirm, the announcers are playing in as if he is actually hideous because Jerry Lawley goes, this guy could scare the hot dog off a bun. Cody does the Alabama Slam in in an ode to the big shot. I (sighs) do like saying that. Ray Mysterio comes out dressed as Captain America, to which then they go, he's Captain... Mexico and he has got an M on him but he has got American colours Cole Rags on Josh and Jerry so much Common and hate a that great no. series was prevalent <laughs> at this time
3: for this he's, reason he's just going oh no why didn't you tell us why didn't you tell us what character he's dressed up as huh huh he's dressed as Captain America I knew you nerds would know it Fuck off, Cole. Calm down. Look, Cole, there's no way... What's there, Jerry? What's there? T H E I
0: R T H Y apostrophe rethere Which one is it? We gotta know. <laughs> Not everything has to be yeah. a big fucking yeah. argument. Because I always go back to Heyman and JR. When they had a big argument it was a big argument for a reason mm. the fucking show would stop they'd turn around let me tell you you motherfucker you know and <laughs> it would it would be proper you know as opposed to getting riled up over fucking anything you yeah. know and they're, they're losing their voices at this point and it's mad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the second
3: match in. Yeah.
0: so I'm not sure what, and they're fucking buckets of sweat are coming off Cole. he's standing up he's <laughs> banging on the fucking <laughs> coal line like you know Ray's ears look so fucking sore in them little holes he's got seriously Ouch. it's not comfy Cody Rhodes with the impressive spot of the night a stalling superplex from the corner really really love that and the last time I was watching Ray I was watching some Cruiserweight kind of stuff from 97 on WCW and Jesus Christ Ray has slowed down an awful lot this is the point where Ray was Kind of doing the, the B-Arsenal, the splashes and the headbutts, yeah. Yeah. not the flips, not the
2: hurricane. He's wearing a lot of clothes on his chest nowadays as well. Is, he's bigger though, yeah. Ray. He
0: changed his body so much. He did become a lot more WWE-shaped, didn't he? Cool little match sequence between these two. Cody and Ray both can wrestle beautifully. Cody removes Ray's knee brace. Mate, he's had surgery there five times. His left knee. <laughs> Cody's mask then gets taken off. And yeah, it's very much a Kane unmasking moment here. as He does kind of act... Actually, he doesn't even sell it. He takes it off and he's all like, oh, my face. He's just, all right, now I'm going to wrestle. Yeah, yeah
3: it's, it's once the match is over. It's like he hasn't realised that it it's yeah. off. It's only once the match is over and like someone's gone to him and said, like, Cody, your mask's off. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Ray equips
0: Cody's mask to gain plus one head strength. And then he uses it to headbutt him. Lots and lots. Cole just goes, "Stop this, Ray! Stop this retribution!" Mates, if you're calling it retribution, that means that you think he's getting it right. Like, stop this justice! (laughs) (laughs) The commentators bicker over who botched the kickout call as Cody hits the crossroads and wins. Hmm. The commentators did a lot of work here to distract from this match. I thought this match was really good. However, these two said that they were going to steal the show. And on a show that very much was wide open to be stolen, I don't think they did it. No, no. It was a good match. It was a good match. Yeah. A good SmackDown or Raw match. Yeah, yeah. Not a WrestleMania show stealer. Mate, I know this wasn't when the network was out, but go back and check out your WrestleMania anthology DVDs. You can see what a real showstopper looks like, because this wasn't it. And the call of the night from Michael Cole as we end this finally Cody Rhodes gets retribution for all of those tricks those nasty tricks those dirty tricks now I don't know you guys but I want to form a tag team called dirty tricks <laughs> <laughs> dirty <laughs> tricks <laughs> one of us can be dirty tricks the other can be nasty like we could be we could just be tricks right is our group name and then when any comedy dirty, dirty nasty, nasty. Smelly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those those stinky tricks Uh, Jerry Lawler tells us that Snoop Dogg is in the his house what's lamer, Jerry Lawler saying his house or HBK going HB Schism (laughs) which is worse, they're both awkward as hell we get this audition gimmick with Teddy Long and Snoop
4: Dogg straight out of Blackpool, I'm William Regal Everybody knows that I do nothing legal. Mess with my man, Snoop, and you won't be chilling, because I'll show you why I'm straight up villain. Was that gangster enough for you? Mm Mm-mm. Next. Next. We will, we will rock you two.
1: Next. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Teddy. I think we got a winner. Well, Snoop. I think we got a problem. You see, Hornswoggle. He can't talk or anything. Is that true?
0: I...
2: You know what? I think we need to roll on the body here, player.
1: Exit stage, man.
3: Check. Corn swizzle,
4: a.k.a. your little drizzle. A rhyme's so tight, I am the main mizzle Divas all around, the ain't pound. Oh, but I don't know how to get down
2: oh. What were your thoughts? <laughs> I remember this from the time, like, and just This is one of those moments where I was solidified, like Oh, everyone's right, wrestling is crap nowadays this is maybe the worst WrestleMania segment I've ever seen. Well, actually, there's still another couple hours <laughs> left on this yeah. show. Is it Mick Foley, Deadliest Catch,
0: promotional
3: material, oh, ads, or
2: Yeah, it's, it's genuinely up there.
3: How about you, Bill? My name is William Regal, and I'm here to say, I'm here to rap in a Blackpool way. (laughs) (laughs) Look
2: at my notes.
3: (laughs) Almost
2: the exact same.
0: What I was going to say is that Regal, when he was rapping, he was really like Louis Theroux when he does the rapping. Yeah. My paper doesn't jingle, it folds. (laughs) (laughs) Was that good? Was that okay? Remember when the NWA came onto the scene and they were such angry young men? (laughs) (laughs) The things they'd seen in Compton, they were just. (laughs) dreadful <laughs> dreadful stuff I have ice cube as well angry young man I think Regal killed it though compared to everyone else yeah Zack Ryder Zach Ryder singing Friday uh, was great. Uh, oh him getting smacked upside the head with a coconut though by Roddy Roddy, yeah. Roddy
3: Piper that was pretty fun right but something. that being said I laughed so hard at Chris Masters doing the drum. So we wore Rocky with his pecs Yoshi Tatsu singing, not so much. Yeah, Yoshi Chris Mas- Masters mo- dancing with his pecs made me laugh. <laughs> you hear What you're saying? No, I, am unironically a, Ma- a Chris Masters fan. Really? I love Chris Masters. Um, He's from your time, mate. Yeah, I love. I genuinely love Chris Masters. So I was like, it was a. I was like, oh my god, there's someone I used to watch when I was a kid. It was like the first time I really got that. Not yeah. I,
0: I just kind of like the idea of them bringing in Chris and Yoshi and Yoshi and Chris. Are like, why are we here? Shut guys. Getting a lot of stuff to record here today. Right. Do the thing with your pecs. What? Do the fucking thing with your pecs. What are you doing? We're playing music of people clapping because no one will clap for you when we do it live. <laughs> go, 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 go go. Go That's what it sound like if people cared about you, Chris Masters. <laughs> Poor Zack Ryder. You know what's happened at this time. Z Furlong Island Story. Uh, that was his really, really earnest and legitimate attempt to get over with fans which was met with him being punished for yeah. having How dare you use the internet? We don't know what that is. Give us two years, we'll yeah. bury you for using <laughs> yeah, yeah. it. I felt so bad for Zack Ryder. Was he already over at this point or was he still? He was on his he was on his, his way, way. This right. was I'll tell you, when I was watching this live with my mate Paddy, and we unironically loved Zack Ryder. We thought the Z Trelong Island story was really fun. This was like back two thousand eleven as well. Well, folks, where there wasn't a lot of podcasts. There yeah. wasn't a lot. Other than Botchamania, there wasn't a whole ton of fan content out there that was great. And Zach making this little show, it felt like it was a show for for us guys, you mm-hmm. know, for, for us mm-hmm. kinds of fans who, you know, didn't take wrestling so fucking seriously all the time and knew why it could be fun. And it was really sad to see him get so resolutely buried to fuck, but more on that later, I guess. Um, I do always have to mention Making fun of great Kali because he can't speak the language. Alright, we get it like Seriously.
3: It's what they've run to the boat with like every single time. Yeah. And why is tell you there?
0: What that's the best thing you can do? Ha ha He's not from our country Ha ha ha
3: ha He can't speak the language Is, uh, is she farting at this point? Is this a fart game? This is pre-fart This is pre-fart game Fart
0: never made to WrestleMania though for <laughs> oh, right. Their fucking minds Are in the gutter At this point folks You know what They might as well have done They might as well have brought in A fucking MRI of Great Kelly Ha <laughs> ha Look at his legs Ha <laughs> ha And guess what We're going to be in Fucking the other side Of the country On a tour And he's going to have to Come on Get on the plane For like 20 hours To get over to England And he'll be Sore. And when he gets here, we'll just probably have him try and cut a promo We'll have a good laugh at him as well. Ha ha ha. He used to be a policeman. I bet he looks stupid in his uniform. Ha ha ha, ha, ha. And then there comes Hornswoggle. Yo, these bitches. Are- <laughs> He's so shit. Rubber. I fucking hate it. I actually didn't mind the bit beforehand. I remember thinking it was... What? Because, like... You yeah, had a bit of fun with Regal and Zack and Roddy, I could forgive it, but the bit with Hornswoggle was so out of touch. At least with Zack and Chris and Regal, it was kind of like, you know, we know why these guys can be funny, but with this thing with Hornswoggle, it's like, hey, wouldn't it be really cool if we had Hornswoggle rap and the Bellas that grind up against him, like really rub up against him because he's hot and sexy, like... This was so fucking awkward. Yeah. I expected a Wrestle Rock Rumble lyric at yeah. the end to finish. <laughs> he's so bad. He yeah. has so
3: much time to prepare for but this. But just before it as well, like just him selling the fact that he can't speak English. Yeah, it's that just, sucked. Yeah, that's, that's just like... <laughs> 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 <But> that's <laughs> what he's doing. <laughs>
0: Tasteless. It's just bad. And apparently, he's a dickhead in real life as well. Really? He's meant to be an absolute prick. Apparently, like people have said in shoot interviews constantly, like who's the biggest dickhead backstage? And they always say, "Oh, well he's a real fucking dickhead." Wow. And he's like been in shoot interviews where he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a dickhead. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm I'm a bully. I bully people. Like, horrible. God. Oh no. Oh no." Crap head and nail, you make Imagine me if I'm a robot, cause that is the core's entrance music It's the core! Taking on the lads All that gold and no one gives a fucking shit Michael Cole sums it up, when this group is wandering to the ring And you can hear a fucking pin drop The only noise you can hear is someone going What the fuck is that t-shirt he's wearing, it looks stupid <laughs> And Michael Cole just goes, here comes the core! I like this group. (laughs) (laughs) Four goofs in terrible t-shirts.
2: Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about their opponents. Because, like, what the fuck is that team as well? Oh, that's a random
0: assembly. That's a bunch of lads. That is four goofs. But fucking four goofs, though, in the core, that is a seriously bad gimmick. The Mm. core... I mean, at least the Nexus had cool t-shirts. <laughs> I'm saying that because I still haven't gotten rid of my Nexus t-shirt. and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be cool eventually. H-
3: half of the people in this match are no longer in the company. Yeah. yeah. Four of the eight are not here anymore.
0: Weird. It's hard to think that a group as well-developed and established as the core. <laughs> Do you know what the original plan for WrestleMania was? I shit you not. This is what they thought was going to put butts in seats. The core versus the new Nexus... Or On Nexus Nua, as I like to call them in Irish. The core versus the Nexus. So it would be the core versus... Was
3: Wade Barrett just going to fight himself? No, no. The new Nexus. The new Nexus. You see, the core
0: was formed, Billy, because CM Punk stole the Nexus away from Wade Barrett in Mm -hmm. a random moment that made no sense. And then the Nexus was split in two, and you had... Justin Gabriel, it's hard to remember their names. These guys are really difficult. (laughs) Yeah, Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater didn't want to side with Punk, so they went over with Wade Barrett to SmackDown, and they also recruited Ezekiel Jackson to become the core. And then in the new Nexus, you had Husky Harris, uh, Michael McGillicutty, David Otunga.
2: Jesus.
0: Yeah, had Punk. Oh, and Mason Ryan. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. An all-star fucking cast. And you know you're bad when you're the new Nexus, when you didn't make the cut and the core did. Uh, yeah. The core. Those t-shirts. Diagonal fucking writing. Yeah. That, these guys didn't take the first year design at the University of Lincoln, <laughs> obviously. They don't know what's going on. I do kind of want a core t-shirt, though. <laughs>
3: It'd be a good ironic t-shirt. I'm
0: thinking now my next thing is I'm going to assemble a collection of the worst wrestling t-shirts ever made. Blow me into the stratosphere. The China. The China. The core. That is, is worse than those other two put together. So the opponents are Big Show, Kane, Santino Morella and his tag team partner Vladimir Kozlov was written off in an injury angle the day before... ...at uh, Fan Access... ...because they realised they didn't give Kofi Kingston... Uh, ...a match... ...and Kofi obviously... <laughs> like you know, when Why you're... is
3: Kofi so deserving of a match? Well you're talking
0: about now Billy... ...we're down in the sewers here... ...looking through all the turds that have flowed down to the bottom... ...of the barrel in terms of WWE's priorities... ...and they've sifted through all the crap... ...that they don't care about... ...and here's Vladimir Kozlov... ...but Kofi just manages to float up a little bit higher... ...right down the bottom of the food chain here... ...so he gets put in this spot... And the saddest thing about it is that they built this whole thing up it was about the core beating up Show Kane, Vladimir Kozlov, and Santino. Kofi was never part of it. They just snipped him out of poor old Vladimir putting Kofi. Now I don't like Vladimir Kozlov that that's much. so backward, just
3: robbing him yeah. of a potential. Well, it's not a WrestleMania moment, but a chance to perform at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's you know, really sad for no sad. fucking
0: reason. It's really really sad though, about Vladimir Kozlov, because he's not a very good performer. Is Vladimir? But all WrestleMania weekend, he put his arm in a sling because he wanted to get the angle over. Isn't that nice? And he, he oh. wasn't even
3: out on the side.
0: Vladimir, pal. I'm going to owe you one here big time, buddy. But uh, put your arm in a sling. You're going to do that instead of wrestling at WrestleMania. See you later, buddy. At, le-
3: at least let him come out at ringside. What if they do? Lock him in a cupboard? Well, his,
0: ar- <laughs> his, his arm is sore. He couldn't open the cupboard. So that's oh. why he's not here. Big Show and Kane look like swollen and unswollen versions of each other when they're <laughs> yeah, coming yeah, out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some great about Big Show just coming out with a big smile on his face, too. <laughs> Did their longevity ever surprise you?
2: You went away from wrestling, Adam, mm. came back here at Big Show and Kane. Kane was one of your faves. Yeah, like, I mean, outside of all the disappointment of, like, you know, how they were after all those years, it was cool to know that there was still at least a small handful of mm. guys back from the day that was still around, like, in. Hadn't really even gone away for any time. Like, the show always there.
0: Did you keep tabs on kind of Kane because he was your fave as a kid? Like... Yeah,
2: like, I, I would occasionally, like, check in online and stuff and, like, look at what's going on. So I knew about him getting unmasked and all that. That wasn't a surprise or anything. <laughs> no, like, no <laughs> that wasn't a surprise, it was a disappointment. <laughs> I'd, like, dropped my onion rings, like, What? Is that? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> That's Kane, mate. No,
0: I'm not. Doing <laughs> Slow it. chemical Kane, mate. Oh. So, poor Kofi Kingston. I'll tell you what, I'm one of the biggest New Day fans you'll find in this day and age. I think those are guys who've got their fingers on the fucking pulse. Mm-hmm. But Kofi Kingston, from his inception up until the point he joined the New Day, I hated his gimmick, I hated his music, I hated his gear, I hated him. I thought he was so generic and bland and just...
3: Ugh. I genuinely don't understand how he was in the company long enough
0: because he could wrestle. He's good. He's a really good wrestler, Kofi. He's proven that, I think. But no
3: one likes him. Nobody, before before New Day, I think nobody liked Kofi. Kids Jameson. liked him because he was like fun and jumped around.
0: He always yeah. had a cool
2: spot here and there. It was his moveset, I think. I think it was genuinely the way he performed. They gave him chances and then they
0: just kind of pulled him away. Like He did feud with Orton, for instance, a few years previous to this. It looked like he was going to get a big main event push and then... Orton didn't like it, so it didn't happen. Mm. Bit of a shame. Like. I always thought he had untapped potential. He's, he's very well liked
2: as well, I think, isn't he? he like, is, I think people love him backstage. He's stage. apparently
0: really professional and just like a nice guy overall. Yeah. And that goes a long way in wrestling. Um, these guys get sent out, the core, and their opponents squash them in two minutes. This is eight-man tag Divas booking. is what this is. Mm. No one cares. The core an absolute joke. Seriously. They really were putting them over strong on TV. They were doing this... <laughs> Seriously? God. That's how fucking much time they had on SmackDown. They had enough time on SmackDown back in 2011 to put the core over strong. You'd have like fucking big show every week they do this thing where um ezekiel jackson would do a feat of strength on him so he'd like fucking suplex the big show or body slam the big show or like put him through a table like oh my god these core are unstoppable well they're very very stoppable apparently <laughs> <laughs> two minutes stoppable he Slater gets the knockout punch and the cobra the lads win a pin could have fucking dropped yeah what a waste of time I don't think that they would have done like a, such a time waste match during the Attitude Era. I
3: don't Absolutely know. Absolutely no. not. This
2: is definitely a modern idea. I, I mean,
3: I, d- I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with doing a ridiculously short match. Shield versus the New Age Outlaws and
2: Kane yeah. at WrestleMania 30. That was like a minute and 30, and that was amazing.
0: That's like. a fucking established babyface group. You've got plans for a squash and jobbers who you don't care about yeah. to build able But, but still, still veteran jobbers, Absolutely. like the big guy. Like,
2: Two of them are in this match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, wait, sorry. No, no, Big Show. Oh, the no, Big Show is in this match. Yeah, yeah, yeah fucking hell. Ridiculous. Ridiculous.
0: Backstage, the rock is being a jerk and lets Eve touch his arm. Again, pie eating. Are you sure about yeah. that, rock? Yeah, touch my arm. Go on, the rock gives you permission. I create magical moments. Creepy, motivational
3: rock. Creeps me out. Don't yeah. like this at all. So Mae Young appears. I get some, get get some old jokes. Nice and nice, nice and fun. Hey,
0: Mae. The Rock says you should go look for some older penises because you're old and uh, you're an old lady. You should die soon. I, I, the Rock doesn't like that you're old. I do. He's not even trying. I do feel bad for May at this point because, at least during. You know, the story that always gets me during the Edged is May being given the powerbomb, Boo Ray Dudley, and she's like, you don't fucking take it easy on me. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know that's like the May Young, I believe. But bringing out May Young when Just she's literally 90 her. something here, and they're like, yeah. hey, who's this? And she's like, I'm May Young and I'm never going to be. <laughs> Look at her, she's old. That's one of the last appearances of May.
2: That's really sad. I remember like... I can't remember if it was Raw 1000 or if it was The Rock's birthday or something. But there was something a few years later where May and Rock were backstage and Rock was generally like, May, how are you doing? It was like a genuinely heartwarming moment. So when this happened, I was like oh, this is really nice, May and Rock really love each other. And he just fucking goes savage on her, like making fun of her age, like saying she's too old for his strudel and stuff. I love this
0: as well, he's kind of like, look at you, old woman, you're not good enough for the Rock's penis, go find some older penises. Oh, by the way, here's the women's champion, (laughs) sorry, the divas champion, Eve Torres. And yes, even though they're not stripping each other's clothes off, it's not necessarily a good time to be a woman's wrestler. Sorry, diva in yeah. WWE. Competing for that fucking... That championship, that diva's belt. What the fuck is that thing? It looks like a Claire's Accessory accessory. Ugh. Good riddance. What was cool, though, was after this, who walks into the picture...
3: Austin! Austin! <laughs> Austin! I hate Austin! <laughs>
0: Here comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. And embarrassingly, I think this was one of the biggest pops in yeah, the night. Was. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> was it, he advertised? He was advertised. He was advertised because he was going to be the um special, to, referee. special guest referee in the main inside like the main event, Jesus, and Michael Cole. If hit, only. If only. In the match with Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole. So the the Austin is there advertised, yes. I kinda wish they'd beat up just Joe, just for old time's sake. <laughs> but the cool little moment there, the little stare down that's all they
2: needed to do that was maybe the highlight of this pay per view I got genuine kills I think it was it
0: was and I think that's a shame if that is your highlight of a wrestling show is like hey here are the two guys from 10 years ago you were actually excited to see I don't get that feeling for anything else on this show No, and you wouldn't mind you've got a roster here of people who are I mean, Daniel Bryan was in the fucking bumps to the pre show, yeah, by the yeah. way, and thrown into a lumberjack match. We've got CM Punk and Randy Orton here. You've got guys, you've got bodies, you know? But no one seems to care. You've got a battle of disgruntled boys now as CM Punk takes on Randy Orton and on Nexus Nua has been banned from ringside. What's it going to be like when Mason Ryan's not allowed to walk out at WrestleMania because Vince is too embarrassed? No one knows who he is. <laughs> Punk had cost Randy Orton the belt at the Royal Rumble because Randy did
2: something two years ago.
0: Mate, no one remembers 2009.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's brilliant. That's so cool that, like, for once, on this horrible card, there's actually an angle that refers to events that happened two years prior to it. And
0: what's amazing about it as well is that Punk had done this thing. You know, when He was, he was on commentary on Raw and on NXT for a while because he had been uh, injured. And he actually did this thing when he won a Slammy Award. He's like, just want everyone to know that I don't forget things that happen. And there's someone on this roster who's got a rude awakening coming for them soon. And then like a month later, after he formed the new Nexus, he did this thing with Orton. So, at least CM Punk is out there fucking yeah, flying the yeah. banner for Cartoon television. No there's no
3: way this storyline came from the writers. This oh, is not, no. 100% Punk.
0: You know who Punk really reminds me of at this point in terms of like taking ownership of a fucking angle and trying to make it work and make it make sense? It reminds me of like a Jericho. You know, it's yeah, who kind yeah. of go, here, this mightn't work, but look, we can find some logic here, you know? Yeah. It's really cool. But uh, lots and lots of punt chat. I'm gonna kick you in the head and snap your neck crush your spine (laughs) PG this was (laughs) remember this point in time folks Okay. during the promo package and during this match there's no mention of the new Nexus
3: no absolutely none to a point where I didn't even know well well, before when you said new Nexus I had no idea what you were talking about
0: yeah they uh, had a slightly different version of the Nexus t-shirt that came out to Punk's music they were just Punk's job guys. And what the sad thing about it was, was that Punk, at WrestleMania 26, he had an awesome stable. It was the Straight Edge yeah. Society. They disbanded it because they thought, well, there's nothing for us. You know, There's no there's no way we can get an angle out of this anymore. Just disbanded. So they disbanded the Straight Edge Society, released Gallows and Serena. And then here we come a few fucking months later. Oh, we actually need a uh, stable for CM Punk. Mm. Oh, we might as well give him the new Nexus, as opposed to if he had the Straight Edge Society here and been built the whole time, it would have been awesome. But alas, Punk taking over the Nexus was dumb. Randy Orton has a very sore leg. So I was wondering uh, if you guys were ever fans of Randy Orton, the wrestler. Some people very divisive over Orton. I certainly didn't like him at this point in time. He
2: was not someone I was a fan of. Thought he looked cool. I didn't really know him, to be honest. At this point, like I just, I thought he looked all right. He looked like a proper wrestler. Has he grown like. on you since? Oh, absolutely. Would, he, would
0: you because I think Randy Orton is first and foremost. I think he's a really good wrestler. Yeah, he's he excellent. Is. Yeah, like you can't deny that he has got a knack for it. Mm. I think sometimes he has been a bit wooden in the past. Very, he's one of the most apathetic wrestlers. Mm. I think so. He's very much a wrestler who, if he's not feeling it and he doesn't feel enthused by it, he's not going to make up for it. He's kind of like the opposite of like a Punk or a Jericho in many ways. So he's it's like, true. fuck it, I'm not going to make it work if you're not. Like, so. Cole at this point is losing his voice and coughing because probably it's, he's been an hour and a half of screaming at someone yeah. through a little Perspex box where I imagine it's quite warm at this point.
3: So at this point, I realise that three of the four matches we've had so far have an, have had a injury being exploited gimmick. Yeah, so. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, you go yeah, that's there. true. Why is this? You had a um, In- injury mania. Yeah. Um, we had Edge had an injured arm. Mm-hmm. Um, Randy's got an injured. Leg, yeah. yeah, Cody had an injured face and Ray had yeah. an injured knee. Yeah,
0: god, no wonder The Rock has to come back, these guys are falling apart. <laughs> it seems, oh god, oh, just so you know, um, quick point of reference, and I won't name any names or specify, but during this match, you get a good shot of a guy in the front row who I saw at WrestleMania 25, and he was a dick, and you can see him at most front rows as well. So, keep your eyes peeled, folks, if there's a guy that you think might be a dick. The chances are that he isn't. <laughs> Hard hitting stuff in this match compared to the very light offense we've been seeing earlier. Punk works over the sore leg with his mad, mad eyes. Now, yeah. Punk was someone I always carried a torch for. During this period, he was very much someone who I was always like, this is probably the height of my Punk fandom, I would say. Um, CM Punk, as a new fan, of the, sorry, as a returning fan at this point. Was he someone you thought had the luck? He's someone we always hear should have been in the Attitude Era, would have gone well in the Attitude Yeah. Era.
2: What do you think? It's hard to remember now, but I remember at the time not really caring so much about this match or this guy because like, literally watching this one pay-per-view isolated as a casual fan didn't really have much to go on really on point. Yeah. But it would be later on in the year when the pipe bomb happened, that was when I actually became an actual wrestling fan again and started watching it monthly and stuff. It's
0: very interesting watching here, like, if there were any two guys that were going to supposedly get these new fans or returning eyes back into the product, I would have said it's Punk and Orton. Yet this match, despite the hype, feels like just another match. And the guys are trying hard, and he is going for the GTS, reversing, there's loads of kicking happening to the leg... But they can't seem to keep the crowd interested for more than mm. 10 seconds. Like They'll do a spot and then boom, right
3: back down to silence again. I think they should have given these guys a gimmick match. I think so. Like a straight pay-per-view, this pay-per-view didn't have any gimmicks. A very straight, True. this pay-per-view. Like, oh, yeah. There's no kind of deviation We had one no-holes no barred. And that was it. That yeah. was about
0: it. And that was more like no-holes barred because if we bar holes, we won't be able to wrestle a fucking match because we're old. <laughs> yeah. In the shades of the Attitude Era, they brawl outside. We even get the figure four leg lock on the turnbuckle to Randy by CM Punk, who's clearly been watching his Bret Hart tapes. Randy mounts a really fiery and fierce comeback. He uses the Olympic Slam. Yeah. Now, this was a big scandal at the time, did you hear? No. That he started using as part of his comeback sequence, the Olympic Slam. And uh, Kurt Angle, TNA at the time, very bad terms with WWE at this point. This is... uh, Height of DUI thing. Yeah. Kurt Angle uh. was not a happy camper, and one of the first Twitter beeps I ever seeing at the time was Kurt Angle go, "What the fuck?" <laughs> 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 when he's using it. So to get back at uh, Randy Orton, Kurt Angle started doing a very shit RKO uh. during his comeback sequence, which didn't work and stopped I'll doing it after two years. During the comeback sequence, in yep. RKO that's yep. so weird because his so whole weird. thing was he didn't like that he would do the move as a setup for another move. He mm-hmm. thought that was disrespectful, brother so uh, yeah uh, Kurt Angle just did the RKO and like Randy still does the Olympic slam now and then Mm. Kurt did it for like twice and then obviously he forgot about it for whatever reason (laughs) Anaconda Vice by CM Punk a very beautiful submission move and one thing I love about Punk and you see it here and so few of the wrestlers at this time is the eyes yeah As Scarface would say, the eyes, Chico, they never lie. He's got a madness in his eyes when he's doing these moves. You do feel... Like, out of
2: all the rest you see here tonight, he's the one who wants to hurt his opponent. I'd say both these guys in Orton's credit as well. Like, even though he's the face, there are moments in this match where Orton looks like a genuine psycho. Like, he's scary. Yes. Like, when he's in the corner, like, setting up the RKO, and he's going nuts. Like This is, like, when the been
0: start to go for the whole Randy's got rage problems, he's unhinged. Yeah. He hears voices in his head. They cancel him. They, they understand, huh. you know? Um, Orton escapes the vice... He does the draping DDT while staring up at the WrestleMania sign, mate. You're already fucking there. <laughs> point to like, like you know. mate. Point to a Monday Night Raw sign. That's where you go to next. Like, he goes for the punt kick, but I love this. The leg collapses. Right, yeah. What right, a sell! Right, it literally looks like his leg's about to fall. And he off. looks
3: like he's about to cry, not out of pain, but out of like sheer frustration mm. of not being able to do what he wants to do. Mm.
0: I love it about Randy Orton his secret power is that he can turn his body into spaghetti at any moment in time and just kind of go. Bleh, He's like one up. of
3: those like toy donkeys you can get which have like little button on the bottom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Punk avoids the RKO. So narrow! Oh
3: my god! Oh
2: man! That RKO made me jump because like Orton's just lying on the ground and it's like a jump scare. It's like <laughs> blue.
3: <"Bloom!" laughs> like, oh, no. Ray Wyatt's just <laughs> the piece behind like them. I I had to rewind it because it was like a blink of an eye yeah. and Punk had got out of it. And
0: like the way Punk is just there, like literally like a cat that's like kind of you know just had a fright, all like tensed up, yeah. like about to explode. I love it. He then goes for a springboard and Randy gets the RKO. Randy Orton wins I thought the finish of the match was awesome it had great moments but what you had here I think that dragged it down was a crowd that were losing their will to to be active members of the WWE universe
2: Normally that affects me a lot more as well when the crowd's not into it but given the quality of the matches on this show so far I this shone even brighter This was
0: like at this point like I was losing the will to I watched this in one sitting on my fucking day off if you don't <laughs> mind and I was losing the will to fucking live it was so tedious and this really perked me up it was necessary I think this match mm-hmm. What did you
3: think? Lackluster Really? Enjoyed the finish, lacklustre. Wow. Just, I don't know, I, I think I was in the same boat as the fans. Really? I was just watching this, and I was just so bored throughout. It's, uh, way. yeah. It doesn't it's not Wrestlemania, this is fucking Survivor Series. That's a raw main right. event
0: though, in many ways. Yeah. Other than like, like, where's the Wrestlemania moment? I hate to use that term because it's their term, yeah, Wrestlemania moment, yeah. brother. But I mean like, there is no Wrestlemania moment what you have here is two really cool cells mm, yeah. with the leg and then the punk avoiding and the cool finish does that equate a Wrestlemania no. show if the, anyone came close to stealing the show away from the other guys maybe this I would yeah. have thought but it wasn't without it's flaws Backstage The Rock and Pee Wee Herman
4: Oh Pee Wee Herman Do you realise how ridiculous you sound and look doing, saying all that hot garbage, Pee Wee, but Roxy's potentially, yes, potential to be a man. Really? Yes. You got to ask yourself, do you want to be a man on Team Bring It, or do you want to be a little boy on the Fruit Loop Troop? So if you want to be on the Fruit Loop Troop, this is what you're going to look like, me and Gene. (laughs) He <laughs> looks like a tool.
0: <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? Give me a
4: break. Pick that garbage off. The Pee Wee Harmon sees your point. I'm in, I wanna be on Team Bring It. You wanna be on Team Bring It? Yeah. You wanna be a man? Yeah. Then there's one thing you need to do, Pee Wee. You know what it is. It is man.
0: dresses up as a John Cena fan yeah. and uh, Rock buries Cena's fans cause uh, Pee Wee Herman is a fan Pee Wee Herman is a fan and The Rock's like you can't like the, the John Cena you can't like him and be a man that's the thing The Rock is always going on about in this whole anti-Cena thing he did that weird promo the one by his pool where yeah. he said you and we Rock and us <laughs> <laughs> Why men don't respect you? Men? What do you mean men don't respect you? Is what, grown-ups? Is that what
3: you mean? <laughs> I, I. where are you I, going think, I think he's calling Cena gay. Is that what... Because it does I, I, seem I, like that, you know? Because I, I think as well, like, it's always... It's kind of been a notice thing, like, in in the background, he's, he's a bit... There is a mild homophobia to this. But there's also, there's also the, the massive rumour that The Rock himself is gay. He's closeted gay. It was a rumour I have heard before.
0: I, I buy either side of that argument, to be honest. I mean, it's deflected homophobia. He's very, like, hyper-masculine, you know? I don't know what it is. It's like, here he just seems like such a fucking creep when he's screaming at the Pee Wee to be a man. Like, a man wouldn't do this, a man wouldn't do that. Mate, that's what Gus from Breaking Bad says. He's yeah. the baddie!
2: Unbearable. I take back what I said earlier about that being the worst WrestleMania cringe ever because this is just the fucking. Worst. I know you are, but what, what am, am I? I? Oh, oh, God. God.
3: Absolute P- agony. Pee Wee P- 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 Herman doesn't even do that <laughs> laugh. No, he doesn't do it once. He's just there. He calls himself the Pee. Yep. That's it. I kind of find it weird watching
0: Pee Wee Herman after you know, the whole. Yeah. You know? That's just Pee Wee though. That's not Paul Rubens. Like, oh,
3: I see. Well, two, two different people. Two mate. different people. It's like Cody and Stardust. <laughs> this, <is, laughs> this is so. This is such an outdated reference though. Yeah. Because- the the thing the closest thing to this I think that Paul Rubens was in was maybe Mystery Men. Yeah, yeah. Like Pee Wee right. Herman as a character, I don't think had been used since the Tim Burton movie.
0: Oh, I think you know, he had his he had his show, but then it got cancelled and all that. This, this is, is 2011. The this has been gone for a long this time. This is part of his comeback, though. At this point, I think this is him. like really doing stage shows again. Yeah, he started. He, 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 what this wasn't just a WWE thing. He was being Pee Wee elsewhere. He kind of. Spent a few years in the wilderness, in the darkness, like, Mm. finding himself or whatever. And then he's... Touching himself, so... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there I am. (laughs) (laughs) Hall of Fame spot. Howard Finkel introduces us. And no one makes fun of him here. isn't it? Yeah, Good. for not, once. Not bad, Howard. You know, not bad. I was expecting him to get, like, gacked or something like that. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I bet Noel Edmonds would have a field day on poor Al Howard. Finkel. <laughs> Abdullah
3: to cut him open and give him hepatitis. God yeah, God.
0: Um, Abdullah the Butcher, who apparently one of the only reasons why he agreed to appear at this Hall of Fame in Atlanta was because his restaurant, Abby's House of Ribs, was apparently uh, doing very well this weekend because of Abdul the Butcher. This was basically a means to get people to eat his meat. Oh, so uh, there you go.
3: This is like the worst Hall of yeah. Fame class you know, I've ever wrestling. seen.
0: <laughs> Abdul the Butcher, I think we can agree, is part of that kind of greasy, not nice world of wrestling. You know, yeah. the kind of part of wrestling that steals money and gives people hepatitis. Not yeah. to say that he's done the former, yeah. um, the Honky Tongue Man, also part of that world, was very critical of Abdullah the Butcher. You hear, you got all these people coming down from WrestleMania, coming into this his restaurant,
4: he ran out of fucking ribs! He ran out of ribs! Abby, <laughs> <laughs> you know people are gonna come, where the fuck are your ribs? <laughs>
0: He'll go to ten on someone for anything. Yeah. Having a stroke, not having ribs. <laughs> it's not a Hall of Fame. <laughs> this whole time when you're watching this with Abdullah Butcher, fucking Sonny, Mr. Dot <laughs> Son- Com. Son-
3: Son- Sonny who sold
0: her ring. Oh, yeah. gee, that's so sad. Really Anyone sad. who sells their ring, it's sad. Mm-hmm.
3: But from the sound of it, she just had... she like From what I heard of Sonny selling her ring, she wasn't hard off for money at the time. She just didn't care and thought she'd get some extra money off it. The
0: really sad thing about Sonny is that this was kind of like them extending the branch to Sonny. And she had a lot of problems here and there mm. and since and before. But this was the attempt to kind of... She was to be like one of the highlights of this. Mm. And the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, they were given the word that you're not allowed to use the word wrestling. You're not allowed to use the word wrestling. It's not allowed tonight. This is during the no wrestling allowed mm. phase. And Sonny, unfortunately, talked extensively about her time in... Smoky Mountain Wrestling, which made that her speech was cut from the broadcast, and apparently she was very um, upset about that. They cut her speech? They cut her speech from the broadcast. It came out in the DVD later on, but yeah. That's
2: fucking petty.
0: At least he, she didn't do, like, uh, Animal, who took the who took the uh, advice a little bit too literally and got confused in the process. As instead of saying wrestling, he said, Sports Entertainment Pro Wrestling Industry Entertainment, <laughs> help me! <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Dot Com, animal, yeah. uh, being inducted. It's nice to see him get inducted. Mm. Um, they, did, they, did they say anything nice about Hawk? They did at the induction ceremony. They paid tribute to Hawk during the induction ceremony. Um, you know those old little LJN figures. Yeah, yeah. You know the, those kinds of the ones. Classic ones. Yeah. Mr. Um, Dot took it out and put it on the podium to symbolise Hawk. Oh. So like that little toy there. That's.
2: That's hot. That is quite sweet,
0: isn't it? It does seem sweet, but then it also seemed a bit weird when he was kind of like looking at it and referring Talk to it, to like, it. you know.
2: Yeah. Oh, another
0: star of the attitude era. Jesus Christ, it's Drew Carey. The booze. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, the booze. You know like as well? as a Drew Carey, he does that little you know, that actors thing, you know that I'm so humbled to be here. The, yeah. the fingers up the little nod. <laughs> Fuck off, Drew Carey, like come on. Road dad, Jesse James. That's the Road dog's father. I um, had no idea who that was. was yeah. no Bullock Bob Armstrong. Yeah. He's a tough man. He wrestled for TNA when he was in his 60s. Ah, oh, Jesus. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh. Big fan of Ho... Uh, Hogan. <laughs> big fan of Ho! <laughs>
3: big, fan of Ho- <laughs> big fan of Hogan. <laughs> I'm a big
0: fan of Ho-Holan as well, Billy. He's uh, made waves in the Cruiserweight <laughs> Classic.
3: Big, I'm a big fan of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I'm yeah. a- when he was in his tag team with uh, Eugene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In 2006. Yeah. He's a... You know what?
0: I'll say about Jim Duggan you know what, I'm pretty sure he is probably a huckster in that he'll do anything to get on TV and all that, but he's always managed to have had a, a connection with the crowd yeah. and the audience and... During that run you're talking about, you know, he overcame cancer and he came. He had a big mm. comeback and all that in his fucking fifties. And he was brought. He was brought on as a member of the roster to, to be there, and he did. And I
3: thought he, he always looks happy to, to be there. That's true. That's definitely true. He, he never is, seems like he's taking it just for us. Like, oh, I need some money. Gotcha. He always looks like he looks like being there. Looks like he likes being there.
0: Watch Legends House, and you'll see probably why we love Axel Jim mm. Duggan. Yeah. He's such like he's like a lovely paternal figure. He's very kind to people. There's a lot of shitheads in wrestling and and particularly from that era and you know what he's a lovely lad and I do think it's very fun that the most upset he's ever been in his life was when he got in trouble for being uh, (laughs) for being caught smoking pot in the same car as the Iron Sheik and you ever see that shoe interview where he's like... Yeah. And they gave out to me. And the thing they were really annoyed about was that I was smoking pot in the same car as the Iron Sheik. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Superfly murdered his girlfriend and you didn't give <laughs> out to him. Come on, you know.
3: <laughs> and HBK. We he are never going to get to see him wrestle on this no, podcast. No, I don't think so. Absolutely not.
0: WrestleMania 14 and being the commissioner, that's all it is. So uh, he does a little dance.
2: He looks like a million dollars. Like yes. he, he looks fantastic here.
0: And... One of the few wrestlers who kept to his retirement yep. promise. Mm-hmm. Did it? We're saying this now in 2016, but I'm pretty sure unless Macmillan River Adventures really turns into a negative thing for him, he'll probably never return to wrestling. No. He's been asked to. I, I know, know that, yes. I know
3: that he's been asked to. I, I know that Undertaker said that he'd like to see Sean back mm-hmm. as well. And, and and Sean has said, no. Not I don't it. think he's... Good I literally him. think he's nothing left to do. Yeah. He's nothing left to do. He seems to have his... He seems to have his life in order now. Yeah, He's got his life,
0: he's got his family, he's got his gods, he's got his job. (sighs) I mean, he's a happy boy, you know? I think he's doing well for himself. And it was nice to see him get put in the Hall of Fame here and kind of put a nice full stop on his career. I think you're right, though, Billy. This is the weirdest fucking Hall of Fame class ever. What a fucking odd collection. How are these all from the same world? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, Jesus. Here it is. Michael Coe versus Jerry, the King Lawler. Now, if I told you in the midst of the Attitude Era when you were growing up, Adam, that those two announcers, the ones we ragged on for having such poor chemistry and things like the Royal Rumble and whatnot, that they would be wrestling a headline match. Because this is past the halfway mm, point. This yeah. was one of the headline matches. And definitely in terms of the amount of time on TV it got, this is one of the biggest matches on the cards. But Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler wrestling? Oh, that still seems weird six
2: years after the fact. What do you think? It is weird. It shouldn't have happened. Like, I, don't, I don't know the whole context of the story beforehand. I don't know how over the whole thing was supposed to be. But I don't see any justification for this whatsoever. Okay,
0: so we mentioned before about Cole being a heel on NXT, kind mm. of budding up with The Miz. Now, The Miz won the WWE Championship from Randy Orton from cashing in his money in the bank. And they started doing a whole thing where Jerry Lawler was talking about how he never had won a world title in WWE, he would won like 600 titles around the world, he was wrestling a few matches, I think the idea was that they were alluding to he was going to wrestle at Wrestlemania and of course Cole didn't like this at all and Cole starts burying Jerry Lawler in commentary saying he's an embarrassment to the company and oh god he's disrespectful to The Miz. Has his match with the Miz, Cole like interferes and all this stuff, really gets involved. He doesn't like that Jerry's hogging the spotlight, basically is his justification for doing it. And it gets a little bit weird, a little bit darker. Points right before their match at Elimination Chamber, the Miz and Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler's mother died, and they did this whole angle with Michael Cole to really push this thing into the red, oh, no. where he literally came with the ring and he was like, Jerry, you know, I'm, you know, you lost last time. Sorry about all that stuff. But let me tell you one thing, Jerry. I just wanted to know. How did it feel when you were lying on your back, knowing that your mother was looking down from heaven, disappointed
2: in you? Oh, my God. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Fucking
0: hell. Yes, at this point, Cole Reed had become a basket. (laughs) (laughs) We had a lot of awkward build to this one. Cole in the coal mine fucking fighting with Jerry Lawler on commentary. Jerry wants to wrestle Cole at Wrestlemania. Cole keeps saying he'll never wrestle him. Jerry doesn't deserve to be at Wrestlemania. He's not a wrestler. He's a war correspondent. So on and so forth. And part of this long fucking campaign of hatred. Who the fuck does Michael Cole wheel out in an episode of Raw? And I literally mean wheel out. To confront Jerry Lawler.
4: When I made it on my own. To the WWE. You wouldn't even acknowledge I was your son. Brian, I don't really know what to say other than um, you're not the only one that's glad you didn't use the Lawler name. Because you see, Brian, you're a bigger screw up than Charlie Sheen. Just the fact just the fact that you would associate yourself with a jackass like Michael Cole tells everybody here tonight what kind of person you are. Let me ask you something. How does it make you feel to know that I Competed at WrestleMania before you did. Yeah, that's right. As part of Too Cool, I was one of the biggest superstars in WWE at one time. Jabroni.
0: So, uh, Brian Christopher, in the midst of what I can only be described as a season three break, I mean, Seriously, we've gone badger season four breaking bad here. Real kind of rough around the edges. Yeah. All right, it's not funny anymore that you're taking a bit of meth. It's kind of concerning that you're taking meth. Now, please stop. He comes out on Raw. And Jesus, he's sweating profusely in a tight, ill-fitting shirt with fucking two teeth in his head. And silence. Yeah. Yeah. As because- he comes out dancing. <laughs> to the two cool music going uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah i am brad christopher yeah. and he cuts a promo on his dad how'd you make feel then oh, that i ah, wrestled wrestlemania before you did you're a bigger screw up than charlie sheen that's what he said to his son yeah brilliant he's pretty much saying like i have no son jerry jerry <laughs> jerry <laughs> oh no it's so bad what it's a mess. so awkward There was one lone moment in this though, because Cole as a heel was entertaining at times, really entertaining. And he was going so harsh and getting no comeuppance that he was someone he wanted to see get killed at Mm. this point. So Cole finally agrees that yes, he will fight Jerry Lawler at WrestleMania, provided he can have his own special guest referee appear. And this person had been gone from the company since WrestleMania 25, and he retired, and Cole brings out the person to sign the contract, JBL, is coming back, his (laughs) old broadcast colleague, and JBL comes out with a fucking triple, quadruple-breasted suit, a giant cowboy hat, and he's like, I'm about to become a legend, and we come back to the WWE. Cole was wearing an all-white suit here. (laughs) He literally he looks like he looked like the devil! <laughs> and JBL's about to sign this contract, and he says, like, I'm about to go back into the main event and come back home, like, and help my good friend Michael beat Jerry Lawler and Austin comes out, big return, huge pop He stuns JBL and JBL actually came out of his cowboy boots. <laughs> And Michael and Michael Cole retreats to the coal mine scared that Austin's gonna kill him and he starts screaming, No Steve, don't don't do it, don't sign it. And Austin picks up the contract and signs it and then walks over to Michael Cole and goes, Good luck in your merch, brother. <laughs> and he opens up like nine cans of beer and just pours them over Cole and Cole's like starts crying, like weeping profusely. That I think was one of my favourite segments, Mm. possibly ever. Mm. Just the the bait and switch of like everyone thought, oh, it's going to be Austin. And then it was JBL, but then it was Austin. Austin really just being the perfect foil for this. Problem with this, though, is that Jerry Lawler, his heart didn't really seem in it. No. They did the whole thing where they gave Michael Cole a trainer in Jack Swagger.
3: Which is a nice thing That can season. work. That can, that's, that's on paper, that works.
0: Fairfox the Swagger getting the rub here. He does make the most of his moments here being mm. paired up with Cole. Because this goes on for quite a bit, this whole thing. But Jerry never was able to cut that promo. You know, that real kind of... What you've done in the last six months has been atrocious. You've ruined my life. You've made fun of my dead mother. You brought out my estranged son. We never got that. We did get kind of... Well, Michael... I'm gonna beat you at WrestleMania, you know. And... Yeah.
3: Do you do you think that's because of the PG nature of it? Do you think that if he had if they'd given him a bit of you know edge, give him a bit of edge, you know, say sort of take the ball on it yourself here, Jerry. Don't just go for it. Because and... I know my I know in
0: my heart that Jerry's Jerry like he could caught a promo. Yeah. That's one thing that he can fucking do. And the parallels here people were always saying was that it was him and Andy Kaufman. you got this annoying yeah. pipsqueak yeah. and it's like, he can't wrestle. You're the fucking king, man. And, you know, he would cut promos on Andy Kaufman because and you're disrespectful to me and these people. And he never did that with Cole. Yeah. So what you end up here is going into this match is just all sitting and praying and hoping that Jerry Lawler is going to pile drive Michael Cole and break his yeah. fucking head off. Yeah. And Cole would retreat away, come back in a few months. I'm sorry, Jerry. What we get is a little bit different. I would have thought going into this match, bell to bell, eight seconds. That was honestly what yeah, I thought. Yeah. I thought it was going to be kick, pile driver, bam, maybe a stutter to swagger, everyone goes home happy. Bell to bell, this thing is nearly 37 minutes long. 37 minutes long. Fucking that's
2: atrocious.
0: That's so long. That's so long. It is. We did how to own heart the other day. And every single one of those matches was at least half as long as this one. Own Hart can wrestle. Michael Cole cannot... He spends most of it on offense as well. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. So this match is booked. Who comes out, though, to commentate on this? Because, obviously, Jerry and Michael are going to be busy. Mm. So we have... Jim Ross coming out!
3: JR comes out and he just sounds like he doesn't want to be here. He's here for the rest of the night now, isn't he? Yeah. He does not want to be there.
0: The the volume or, and the passion of Jim Ross has been well dialed down at this point. And, you know, everyone was always clamoring for JR to come back to commentary. And you know, the truth is, JR was. I don't, don't say he's past it, but. It wasn't there anymore, what you Mm. needed it to be. That old Jim Ross was not there anymore. Mm. And I think people who were clamoring for him to be back and saying that he was the best announcer. Yes, he is the best announcer of all time, in all likelihood. But he wasn't a fit for what they needed at the time. Because they're getting into an era now, a few months after this, it's Twitter, it's Facebook, it's Tout. Alright, that's what that's what it's all about. And Jay couldn't do that. Yeah. And Jay doesn't have the passion in his voice here. And probably the reason why he doesn't have the passion in his voice here is because he knows this match is fucking stupid. Mm. I've always thought that Jerry Lawler, the reason we never got that great problem in this, is that he knew in the back of his mind, I'm finally getting to wrestle WrestleMania against Michael Cole. Yeah. Yeah. And that's bitter sweet. That can't be you know he's got that box ticked but that's ticketed name only friend yeah. you know oh no who else comes out in fucking commentary oh jesus talk about the fucking reason why 2011 was a fucking abysmal time booker t <laughs> <laughs> Look at that white mark on his boot. <laughs> <laughs> that there is the real Sin Cara, is what that is. Do I tell you about the Cesaro, um, Adam? The reason why he's got those thigh wraps is there. Hang on, he's going into the scrum. <laughs> I fucking hate Booker T on commentary so much. Uh-huh. He is properly looseless. Have you have like any strong memories of him on commentary at this time? Because he was on all these fucking shows we were
2: watching. Uh, what, well, we're going to see more Booker T as we record oh, this? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. I, d- I don't really remember What is it Booker. that you think
0: is wrong With Booker's commentary?
2: I mean Because he is He is atrocious But he's got enthusiasm And passion So what's wrong? But his enthusiasm Is so much That you can't understand A word he's saying. Have you seen That amazing TNA promo Where he's backstage And Jeremy Borash Is there like Back here with
4: Buddy JP What's
2: up He's putting <laughs> on Like this Like He's putting on This kind of Over the Because he's a well spoken Man Booker I've seen it, Like MMA fights Where he's at the ringside Like oh, I thought it was a great match Man it was pretty good he can talk totally fine Mate, you know? I
0: think of Booker T I think of him looking at my Tully Blanchard poster going that's so nice <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm going <laughs> what the
2: fuck that?
0: he's playing this character yeah. I think mm. is yeah. that it Like, yeah I think so absolutely he's playing an announcer and unfortunately two hours of someone playing an announcer gets on your fucking tits after a while it is really really great and, JR gets buried immediately as he's coming out by fucking Josh lots of rumours coming around for Jim Ross returning most of them spread by JR himself I wonder why JR is is miserable Bill I wonder why (laughs) this is the hostile
3: working and as he's coming down to the ring you have Cole saying I took your job and your barbecue fucking sucks
2: (laughs) (laughs) JR's barbecue sauce is very bad (laughs) This is from a man who said, I like the core. You know,
0: that's a really <laughs> strong indictment. Cole comes out here, and you know what the saddest thing is? I could get up on my pedestal and talk about some of the great... Cole has done great promos during his heel run. I think he got Brian over, like, from that lower card to the mid card. That was a lot because you had Cole mm-hmm. cutting promos and Brian, and Brian firing back at him. And he did some great ones as well, you know, with, with Jerry... But he comes out here and the first thing you can see is that Michael Cole is nervous. Mm. Yeah. He is so nervous when he wanders out of that stage to pure silence and he cuts the worst promo of his whole run. And the reason it's bad is that he's nervous.
3: Yeah, just watch, watch it back and watch his handshaking that's holding the microphone. Mm. You can absolutely tell.
0: You know, I loved what they should have done with him. He's from Texas. They're in Atlanta. I'm sure they hate each other. Oh, football or something. Have him come out, because like, he's wearing all the orange, that's the, the Longhorns, that's the Texas yeah. colours. Like, he came out with the big fucking fanfare and all that. Yeah. You didn't need the promo. Go for
3: the cheapest of heat. You you have permission to go for the cheap the cheap heat, Michael Cole.
0: Mate, you've done 180 minutes of promo before your match. You yes. don't need to do another one. We get it, you don't like Jerry. He's got Pound Shop ring attire, Pound Shop tattoos and he's got a body from the Pound Shop Bakery. He is seriously the <laughs> weird-looking individual here. He, he shouldn't be resting.
3: He's covered in loads of shit tattoos as well. There's a weird this, lady on his yeah, thigh. What is that? It's weird. Cole's someone I never... I like, don't have it in my head that he would have any tattoos. No. I, I,
0: all of a sudden, when I see him coming out, I just think that he's part of the Aryan Union in Oz or something. He's got yeah. all these weird tattoos. Maybe he was made someone's kind of... Uh, um, I don't want to use that word, never mind. But like, like, <laughs> like, it's
3: weird because I, I don't know why that is. I just don't imagine Cole would have toes. I don't know if that's because, in my head, at the end of an episode of Monday Night Raw, they pull the plug out of him and leave him in the cupboard. <laughs> like I don't, I, I just can't see. I, I don't know if say I don't view him as a person. I don't view him as. A I tattooed. view him as I just view him as a voice. So I don't view him as properly as a person. <laughs> when yeah. He is. I don't know what it is. He's like, not allowed, allowed to
0: be a real person outside of yeah. like you're not allowed to have interests or like it's like, like Michael Cole telling you what his favorite movie is. Like, fuck off. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. really weird. You wouldn't
3: like you wouldn't take that from any wrestler or like any other commentator. You'd say, "Oh, what's your favorite movie?" And he'd be, "Oh." That's cool. From Michael Cole, you just fuck him off. I don't care if you like the Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) It's a great film, but you suck.
0: The closest thing I can figure with this is it's like finding out that Josh Matthews has a tattoo as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing about this, Cole in his little gimmick attire coming out, literally before he came out, he was backstage, got changed into his gear and he's there getting ready in the gorilla position and who comes and sees him? Legit, no joke, complete deadly serious. The Undertaker sees him And do you know what he says? He says, what the fuck has this business come to? And storms out of the room. Amazing. There's a vote of fucking confidence. (laughs) Oh no. The fucking like, the stalwarts, the conscience of the WWF has said, what the fuck has this business come to? Not even after he's seen him wrestle. Just from looking at him. (laughs) Yeah. What happens when he sees him wrestle? The Undertaker's gonna be crying backstage. You might as well be dressed up as a big cucumber or pickle and be upset as
2: hell, man. Imagine hearing that from Taker and then knowing you've got 37 minutes to go and fill. Oh, don't worry, I've been practicing my move. (laughs) Jerry
0: Lawler comes out, and you know what's so funny about it? Is that they changed his theme two weeks before this and then changed it back to this, you know, the proper thing. I I honestly don't know why. I couldn't tell you. Because they changed it to this, like, you know, if you play like Sparkle or one of those like free-to-play uh, puzzle games that's mm-hmm. you know really addictive, whatever. It's got mm-hmm. that really shitty, cheap, vaguely medieval music. That's what they gave him. instead of this, which is. Classic. Yeah, the classic music which I associate with him so strongly yeah. if I hear this on Classic FM I turn that shit up and go ah I was, uh,
3: I was when I was watching this um, my girlfriend walked in and she's not a big fan of wrestling particularly she, she can tolerate it but as soon as she saw Jerry she said why is Jerry Lawler dressed like a black pudding <laughs> <laughs> he is tightly packed in there isn't he <laughs> I like to see that Jerry
0: and Michael Cole have both been hitting the gym hard for their yeah. fucking. This is, of course, pre-heart attack Jerry Lawler, where he mm. claims that he never worked out and ate fried chicken every night after every show he was at. So yeah, he's cutting it fine here. And Justin Roberts introduces him as Cherry. The <laughs> <laughs> cherry, I hate Cherry. <laughs> Jack Swagger comes out, and I think it's my favourite moment of this match, where he goes on, he does the on your knees thing, goes down to do his push-ups. And then Austin's music hits and he goes, oh shit. Like, yeah. That was a great little moment there.
3: Austin nearly runs him over on his ATV. I it's, love it. It's such a quick dive out the way. Yeah.
0: Well, of course, Jack Swagger got the quick reflexes of being an all-American American was able to make that shit look good. I fucking love it. And Cole immediately flees into the coal mine as Austin does his entrance. I love uh, Jerry as well, just to go back to his entrance for a moment. Everyone's got the big titantron here tonight, and he's got the royalty-free crown gif. (laughs) The the clip art of the spinning (laughs) crown, like, 3D movie maker job. Very small reaction for Jerry as well. Yeah, Yeah. disappointingly I think because Jerry didn't have his heart and soul behind this. Mm. You've got Cole being the fucking bastard on one side bring up the fires of hell talking about dead mothers and estranged sons and Jerry Lawler's going you are a moron you know not oh. good enough and a lot of stalling to start this off Jerry the King Lawler goes outside and disposes of former world heavyweight champion Jack Swagger in two moves Swagger sells for like 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> Jerry yanks Cole's hand from the coal mine so Cole like, gives him the handshake and he's like Jerry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry Jerry he shakes his hand and he goes Jerry 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 Noah! Captain Jerry, no! and he pulls him in, and the, the face of uh, Michael Cole gets squished against the glass. I found that very funny. Yeah, dude. yeah,
3: very funny. I was hoping that that Jerry would be able somehow to pull him all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like at the end of Alien Resurrection. <laughs> Just give. And being sucked through this tiny hole. I just thought that if he pulled on him for
0: more than like ten seconds more, he would have morphed permanently into a Dick Tracy villain. By the way, you pulled <laughs> out him there. Jack Swagger clocks Jerry upside the head, and Cole starts with his offense, offense a w f e n s e as an awful offense with a terrible baseball slide and terrible crowd defending offense. He immediately, within two moves, gets universal you-can't-wrestle chance from this crowd who, up until this point, seemed like they didn't even know what wrestling was because they didn't care about what was going on. So, they fire up the crowd in the worst way possible. During the match, I just wrote down, what the fuck is Cole doing? Over and over and over. Mm -hmm. He works over Jerry so badly. Like, he doesn't even... He drops his foot puts it in the ropes, yeah, drops it, turns over. If you can't make Jerry Lawler if you can't
3: work with him
0: yeah. you, you can't work yeah. ever no. this was a bad idea cause... he's not a
3: wrestler though so I can't blame him but at the same time he's been watching wrestling for fucking years and he might
0: have picked up something he would mind as well Billy though but like, they were building this up for months yeah. months and months and months Like, this was starting in fucking NXT season 1 and this is NXT season 2 they're on here the thing with Jerry had been going on for three months they knew they were building
2: to a match mm. it's just fucking stupid did you hear JR hit the nail on the head about Michael Cole it is an embarrassment to see Michael Cole in a WWE ring, especially on a night like WrestleMania. It's That's so bitter That and should power. be
0: the first thing you hear from JR yeah. when he's coming on commentary. <laughs> oh, great. number JR? Yeah, awesome. I fucking hate this match. <laughs> <laughs> fucking sucks. Don't pay me and fuck up. <laughs> I mean, I'll say is JR's worked a few matches and he's done better than this. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, when he wrestled Triple H, he wasn't on offense the whole fucking match. Low, low, low-risk swagger bomb by Michael Cole. And then, yikes, the Ang Cole lock. Uh, it really just buried Jerry as a performer.
2: Yeah, seriously.
3: It, it's a weird move, because it looks like he's uh, putting Jerry's foot underneath his chin, uh, between his chin and neck. He's not tall so, enough to do it. No. So it looks like like that's where all the power from the move is coming, is he <laughs> just chopping his chin down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: fucking hell Jerry makes his comeback Jack Swagger throws in the towel Austin who's been rather quiet this whole match like it's it's very much like uh realises it's not a Bill Goldberg Brock Lesnar situation he's <laughs> staring at here this is going to be followed through on so he can't just bury it uh, Jack Swagger throws in the towel Austin uses it to uh, wipe his head and then gives us Jack Swagger the stone cold stunner Booker just keeps saying that's my dog <laughs> anytime Steve Austin's on camera woof woof <laughs> it, G kept calling Austin his dog do you know why he kept calling him his dog because they had just announced the new season of Tough Enough which oh, was debuting yeah. the night after this ah. so yeah Jerry on offense hits a drop kick at this point I'm just kind of thinking to myself come on already it's over I watched over.
2: this one match in two sittings you couldn't get through it I couldn't manage the whole thing in one what night. made
0: you get up and leave
2: just after the entrances, I decided to. The entrances yeah, yeah, so to took back to it like so long because you had so long. you had
0: Austin, Jack, Cole, Jerry, jr Booker T. Six entrances, mm-hmm. and each of them had to walk eight miles to get to yeah. the yeah. ring as well. Jesus Christ. Fist drop, one, two. Oh no, go to school. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Time to teach David Flair about respect. We're not going to end this match. <laughs> Let's uh, walk around here for a bit more. Ankle lock, cold taps over and over and over again. I like that Austin was like dragging it out. Are you sure? <laughs> it would have been funny if this was the first and only move in the match. Yeah, don't worry like, great. it. He did it straight away and Austin's like, are you sure? Are yeah. you sure? Like, they could have had. Jerry tossed Cole around Like a pinball yeah. For ten minutes And it would have been fun Yep Because Jerry can do that And he would have made it Look something special And you know what If there's one person in the world Who could probably do A pile driver Safely to Michael Cole It would have been Jerry Lawler But we don't get that And I fucking Hate it Jerry wins And Jim Ross With the call of the night Finally <laughs> Finally <laughs> like- in the stars, <laughs> a million
3: miles away the Not finally comma another sentence no, Finally Pro <laughs> I'm going but I've seen chess <laughs> Oh
0: Jesus and uh, Steve Austin starts drinking beer, and Booker—he's not s-
3: catching the beer. No. What's happened? He's had it's a fucking- WrestleMania, and Austin can't <laughs> catch beer. What is this? He
0: catches one well, finally. <laughs> 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 Booker T. Obviously, spotting his dog drinking beer has to join in. Though.
3: This look, this does not look planned. This the, genuinely, yeah. this genuinely looks like Booker said, "Fuck it, I'm getting in the I ring." Absolutely I, agree with. It you. doesn't look like uh, when he comes in, Austin looks a bit confused. <laughs> I don't think Austin knew this was going to happen. Just run with it, guys. I'm one of the guys too. Let's all play. he Does a fucking spin Rooney? Yeah. And and gets gets stunned.
0: <laughs> um, do you know Booker T is not physically capable of doing the spin anymore? <gasps> Had an operation. Oh no. It's really sad. That sucks. <laughs> GM, who is anonymous, sorry, Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle, Hornswoggle, yeah. Hornswoggle chimes in and he uh, lets him know that the match gets overturned and jerry goes, I don't like this email stuff.
3: It doesn't make sense though because he says because of interference by the referee, but Austin didn't. He pulled Cole away from him at one point. There is like a point where Austin
0: shoves him back. Because when Michael Cole... The big pop that we get in the match when Cole's like... Do you know who I am? And he slapped Austin in the face. Mm. I'm Michael Cole. And Austin pushed him back. Yeah. Into Jerry. Fucking
3: hell. Hornswoggle would hate Tim White, wouldn't he? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> Hornswoggle...
0: <laughs> the Machiavellian mastermind of the anonymous Raw general manager position. Hornswoggle... I mean, well thought out. The character has been developed over years. Yeah, we understand again. that he
3: can't speak English. He can, <laughs> o- he can only communicate through rap and emails. Josh gets stunned for reading the emails. Oh my God, that stunner is abysmal. That, that is worse than a Linda McMahon stunner. You know what, he even, he's a, a trained wrestler yeah. as well. <laughs> that is the worst stunner I have ever seen. Unbelievable. So,
0: we end up here now. And with the anonymous raw general manager, you know what? It should have been Michael Cole because mm. that would have made sense. That would have made yeah. sense. Yeah, it would have. Because it was always pro Cole, pro yeah. Miz, pro mm. heel, yeah. and it's always well worded. And Cole—that's one of the reasons as well, actually, Adam, why Cole becomes such a heel was through reading out the yeah. GM's delusion emails. of grandeur, being yeah. the voice, and he had his own the podium, and he thought he was really important. And he used to always like laugh if there was something that was bad for the faces, and he's yeah. like, "I'm just a messenger." And it would have made sense if it was Cole, because all that time with that shitting grin, the reason he gets the confidence is because he's been given power. But no, Hornswoggle and this. Was there any other people who it was going to be rumoured to be? Kevin Eck, who was a writer at the time, had pitched that it was going to be Kevin Nash. And then they're going to go backstage, I shit you not. Fucking
3: inmates running the asylum again. No, I
0: shit you not, they would have went backstage, behind the curtain, and found Kevin Nash in a small room, dressed as Oz. For fuck's sake! (laughs) That somehow was! So... You know what? I'll take Hornswoggle, actually. Yeah, come on. You know, what? And you know what? Actually, I'll eat that cherry pie because the dog shit that's the other <laughs> thing on the menu doesn't seem quite as, as appetising <laughs> anymore. So now we get Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross commentating together. Yay. Yay. Like two, two more
3: hearts and just not in it. No.
0: You know what is really sad as well? That this feud went on. There were two more, three or oh, three, three more on. matches. on pay-per-view on pay-per-view oh Oh, no jerry and cole in the kiss my foot match the tag match with jerry and J.R. against jack swagger and michael cole the highlight of which because it was a country whipping match michael cole came out wrapped in fucking bubble wrap that was a match that happened
2: We're not going to have to do that pay-per-view, are we?
0: Well, you never know, Adam. There could be calls for a bonus episode. (laughs) um, (laughs) Adam here is saying, oh, we'll just do Summer of Punk for bonus episodes. We might just do uh, Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole. (laughs) Michael (laughs) Cole, a number of few times as well, gets covered in barbecue sauce and a scene right out of Clips for Sale. So, uh, (laughs) good times ahead. So, Jerry and JR are on commentary.
2: Is that nice to see him back? It's nice and nostalgic, but like you said, Billy, neither of them are really there. Not, like, they're not. They don't give a shit. Jerry's yeah. just wrestled a thirty-seven million
0: <laughs> match. And surprisingly, not lost the breath, because he did like two fucking moves in, I guess.
3: <laughs> all he had to do was lie on the floor and get kicked. <laughs> yeah, roll into
0: the ring, eat some fucking fried chicken and then go commentate, it's no biggie. We get a recap, I just call this Fort Hood recap every time now, it's like, <laughs> here's all the shit we did WrestleMania. Yeah. I also wrote at this point, this show is boring. So I was obviously getting so annoyed at the show, I started to start sabotaging my own uh, (laughs) (laughs) own notes. They did golf and they read... (laughs) The traditional WrestleMania golf challenge. And uh, Triple H goes into the Chamber of Commerce and I just want to thank the speaker for uh, not letting me lay the smack down on him. (laughs) Uh, Very good, Triple H. Using the Rock's catchphrase there. The architect (laughs) of the Attitude Era... Triple H. <laughs> Coming up next. Triple H! <laughs> <laughs> Taking on The Undertaker.
4: I've done everything that there is to do here in the WWE. Every accolade, every championship, and the truth is, the only true challenge I have left is ending the streak. 18 men have stepped up. Count them one by one. 18 men have been set down. Like notches in the handle of an outlaw's gun. Triple H, you will become. You can outrun the devil if you try. Number 19. You will never outrun the devil. At WrestleMania, I will do what what no man has ever done before. In time all things shall pass away. In time you may come back someday. I will beat The Undertaker. Live once more. Or die once more. But in time your time will be no more. At WrestleMania 27, Deadman, you and I will define an era. Two legends will collide. Two icons will do battle. And on that night, Deadman, nothing else will matter. No disqualifications, no countouts, no holds barred. You have only one thing left, and it's the streak. And when it dies, you die, and if I can't end it, then I'll die trying. I can hear what you're thinking. There can only be one last outlaw.
2: In time, your
4: time will be no Ten years on. Yeah, 10 years mm-hmm.
0: since our last one. What you have just done there is you've done something that WWE couldn't do this time, which is recall 10 years ago. <laughs> Didn't they say you'd
3: like they never had a match before? They
0: at one point they included in Taker's kind of footage and his hype up that they had wrestled before and then the word was don't reference it ever. No never Why? how can you
2: act like something didn't happen when it's documented and everyone especially, remembers
3: it? especially when this match is about the streak yeah. it's okay when it was bef- before it was about the streak you're saying I'm going to be the first I'm going to be the person to beat you but you've already been beaten by him mm. it's you're- stupid I don't get it well it the first
2: time it was like oh Triple H and Undertaker have never had a match mm. so that's the build for that one they could still do the whole Triple H wants to break the streak it's been 10 years he's a different guy. and Triple the H. streak H.
0: wasn't like, a thing at WrestleMania no. 17 no it wasn't back was, then. it was a byword it was like oh by the way not yeah. uh this is the match so to so
2: pretend that they've never had a match before at one line I had a chance
0: before I'm a different guy now that's it there you go there you go
2: easy peasy show a 10
0: second video package of the fucking horrible shit that Triple H is done or the evil shit that he's done in the last ten years. Yep. He's, done Since, uh, yeah. he's done a loss He's done a lot. Yeah, but no, can't literally do
3: all this. All this seems to look like, and I, I, I think it's the problem with the, the with the booking of the streak. Is that you have to have a bit more than I, I want to beat the streak. In my, in my opinion, this that's point, why I enjoy punk so much because mm, was there was, there was, there was an true. added layer that's to it. But true. this, like you're saying before, like show all the stuff, all the run-ins that Triple H and Undertaker have had has built their history. The thing. Yeah, all they showed is Undertaker's in the ring and Triple H comes out and points at the WrestleMania sign. Yeah. What, There's a WrestleMania match. What Just,
0: I will say about that is that this is at the point where it was peak. Streak. This peak streak. <laughs> <laughs> We're at peak streak here. Oh, God, it sounds delicious, doesn't it? It's so delicious. Really good Peek bacon. Streaks. you got some, some streaky peak fry. Oh, man, reckon. peaky streaks. Lovely. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll have one. Go on. But this is peak streak, and the reason it is is because you've had Michaels, who was the first guy to do two in a row, Yeah. and Michaels has lost his career. And the idea was like, I'm going to do what Sean couldn't do, you know, he got retired, I'm not Sean, I'm better, blah, blah, blah. So that was the kind of gimmick here. And as well with this, what you had with both Undertaker and Triple H is these two had been gone for a long, long time. Like a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Triple H had been gone for nearly a year after uh, putting over Sheamus in in an angle where he got laid out.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Seamus on the pre-show tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Worked out for you, trips.
0: Week week beforehand they did a segment where for no reason Triple H came out and bet the fuck out Seamus for like ten minutes. Just beat the shit out of him for no reason. Like just to put Triple H over, like so Triple H had come back after ages, and Undertaker had also been back after ages. Now what you had at this time was the first of a really this honestly is the first, but this was something that really irritated me greatly. They showed mysterious footage. Ooh. Months before this, they showed footage of a cabin. And it was raining. Ooh. <laughs> a cabin in the woods and it was raining. Straight away, everyone jumped to one conclusion. Because his contract was up in TNA. And that he was associated with rain, I guess, at points in his career. Sting. Has right. to be Sting. Sting is coming for WrestleMania. Sting. Sting 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 sting. Look at the video on YouTube where we analyze the eight seconds of footage of the cabin. I think that's a scorpion, not a shadow. Yeah. (laughs) Sting. It has to be Sting. It got so ridiculous at this point that TNA, when they brought Sting back the next fucking week, because obviously they were going to, they parodied the fucking WWE video package of the cabin and all that shit. Of course he wasn't going to WWE. He never was. They didn't have discussions. And the whole time this was so annoying and everyone was going apeshit on Twitter and on fucking forums. going, it has to be Sting. They used, there ain't no grave can hold me down by Johnny Cash in the background of the cabin videos. Of course it's The Undertaker. Because there ain't no grave that can hold him down. So they used the Johnny Cash song for this. And then the whole thing where like they opened the cabin finally and who came out, obviously it was The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And he came out and did this whole big entrance with the Johnny Cash music. And before he could utter a word, Triple H's music hit and he came out in full sunglasses, jeans, yeah. and black I'm cool even though I'm forty-nine. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, what's your mom up to these days? Anyway, yeah, that's cool. I just hanging around, you know, man, getting the band back together. <laughs> and he came out and they did a cool confrontation. I don't know if you thought it meant nothing, Billy, I guess, because you but that's what they showed. That's, that's what that's they what... showed. Yeah. This whole thing was pure silence. Undertaker come out, big return. Triple H straight away. Undertaker just gives him a look, as in, you, you, you serious bro? You interrupt my Johnny Cash? You know how much money we paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> Triple H comes out, he literally points at the sign. Taker points at the sign. Taker does a throat slash. Triple H does a crotch chop. And that was the the signing of the match. So there was a lot of build a lot of buzz because that was a cool segment, I guess. It's a start of Triple H kind of maybe, he have been quite part-time here. They did this whole thing where he could probably beat the streak because they were building up the fact that Undertaker was starting to get maybe old or not being good enough anymore, and beating Sean took so much out of him that he couldn't possibly beat Triple H. It's a cool setup. I don't like the use of the phrase "there can only be one last outlaw." Nah, that's all rubbish. rubbish. One last
3: outlaw. Nope. Road Dog is the only one left in the company. <laughs> <laughs> During
0: the actual broadcast of this, we had Johnny Cash for when uh, Undertaker came out, and when Triple H's Roman soldiers came out, yeah, that they was played incredible. a bit of Metallica. Yeah, they expertly deleted over all of that. Uh, WWE Network has edited that, so they don't have to pay for the rights. There was something very deathlock about uh, Triple
2: H's entrance. Yes.
3: Yes. Thoughts on Triple H's shao Kahn? You barely saw it. You yeah. saw you saw the shadow of it. The camera cut away and he was he was out.
2: Just regular You barely like, saw it. Yeah.
3: You know what's weird about the whole Skull King thing? There was some random WrestleMania
0: weekend documentary once where they were like chatting with Stephanie out of character and they were like modelling some Skull King mask or helmet for Triple H and she's like oh this is like completely different to Hunter even it's like it's own character now it's it's own thing it's it's own identity and brand and we feel there's a lot of exciting things to come with this Skull King character and she started talking about how they were going to do like fucking movies and books and games and all this shit like what mate just because Triple H wears it when you two have sex obviously (laughs) doesn't mean that any of us care about the (laughs) Skull King it is Shao Kahn alright that is all it is though
3: have you seen the WWE Zombies Triple H toy is it Shao Kahn by any chance (laughs) it's the Skull King and it looks fucking amazing the rest of them look shit but the the Triple H toy is so good to the point where I want to collect all of them just so I can have that one as well (laughs) I want want, want Paige I want Dean Ambrose I especially want Triple H it looks like such a cool toy yeah
0: I mean it's it's Toy ethic but it is just Shao Kahn mm. and what I think I love as well is that every year when he comes out dressed as Shao Kahn someone will make a Shao Kahn joke and then loads of people tw- I mean I've gotten so many angry the angriest mm. tweets I've ever gotten in my life on a podcast or when I've went Triple H looks like Shao Kahn and someone goes I made that joke that's mine (laughs) you somehow scrolled through the 9 billion tweets and found mine and stole that unique original snowflake of a thought (laughs) we've all played Mortal Kombat lads bigger reactions for these two than anyone else on the active roster I think
2: yeah seems like it they got the two biggest on the way to the ring pops. Well back in twenty eleven this was the match I was by far most excited for on the card. And why was that? Two of my guys from Attitude era. Like it worked. Like there were the two guys, like two massive names from the era that I was really Mm. into. First time I've watched it in like six or seven years, and this is like, oh, these guys are still here, they're gonna match, amazing. And, and they were doing this whole thing as well where they're building around, they're kind of
0: saying, you know, this, we're the only guys left. We're the last the, outlaws. We're, the, we're the, the last outlaws. We're the only ones who are left in the Attitude Era who are any good, basically, is what <laughs> yeah. they were saying, at the expense of everyone else. This match harkens back to the Attitude Era because they crowd brawled to fuck, they destroyed the coal mine, and they brawl on the table. It's slow. Yeah, very slow. A lot of people. Loved this match, mm. adored this match. I remember at the time hating this match and thinking something's wrong with me. I went back and I watched it, and you know what? It's fucking dull as dishwater. This
3: match is shit. This I'm not match. the only one. No, no, this match is shit. Next year, WrestleMania. Amazing. Great. Fucking amazing. Great. And uh, people rag on that know. match. Really? I've seen people rag on, on that match. It's like 4 I, out of 10 then then best, and I'd then say, say you know? that this is, let's say that this one's good. You are fucking deluded. If you think that this match is better than the following match.
0: What you have with this is a lot of slow
2: action punctuated by lengthy pauses, I guess. Yeah. There's great elements of this match that yeah. you get into... Mm. But at the time, in 2011, I was one of those people, being like a complete casual fan that just remembered these two, I fucking loved this. I thought it was one of the best matches I'd Mm. ever seen. I think they did the best job out of anyone else who was here
0: to kind of court those new fans or those returning fans. Mm. I think they did the best job of kind of being... Remember wrestling. You know, kind of remember this shit, you know? specifically
2: the the idea of the streak and stuff, like, to me, it was sort of like, oh, okay, so apparently Undertaker's just never lost at WrestleMania, and now Triple H... Because to me, it was like, oh, it's conceivable, totally fine. Triple H is a big deal. He can beat him dead easy. So whenever you have near falls or, like, you know, really close calls in this match, I was, at the time, on the edge of my seat. It's the
0: Breaking Bad Season 5 kind of effect. When I first watched Season 5 of Breaking Bad, I thought it was the greatest series of television I've ever seen because it fucking gripped me what's going to (gasps) happen oh god no no at this one the near falls you know the outcome I kind of know what's going to happen and now I can spot that it's like suicide died by The Undertaker pause long wait spine buster through the table are you fucking kidding pause Choke
3: slam, mother of god! One, two, pause. That's the
0: first ten minutes of the match, yeah. folks. I've not missed anything there. Why do you
3: think that this has happened? Like, cause we both know from later later years, they can both go. They proved it the following year that yeah. they can fucking go. They individually could prove with other wrestlers that they could go I think
0: that there were maybe there's always things to bear in mind like maybe Undertaker is always some
2: degree of injured I guess Yeah. you just said it yourself as well they both took like a year out yeah really. they were both yeah, basically rushed. a year off yeah. there was a
0: bit of rust there maybe but they do kind of play it safe for the most part and mm. they use that no DQ rule to basically pad it out like Triple H getting the chair doesn't get fired he gets fined 10 grand for hitting Undertaker with the chair yeah. that was a big like oh shit because chair shots have been banned at that mm. point to the head but like the the end stretch of the match, you know, when you first watched it, you were probably out of your seats. Absolutely, you? I, I remember there was a point where Triple H hit the tombstone on the Undertaker, and he did like you know that it's over. He did the full yeah. throat slash. Triple H hit the tombstone. He did the pin. He did the tongue, and I thought that's it. He's definitely. Yeah. I remember. Oh my god! This time, watch it though. It's like just finisher, finisher, finisher. Yeah. yeah. Like this is a ten minute sequence. Pedigree. Kick out a two, long pause. Last Ride, kick out a two, long pause. Tombstone by The Undertaker. Kick out a two. Long pause. Pedigree by Triple H. Kick Out of Two. Long pause. Third fucking pedigree. Yeah. Kick out again. You know it's just. Yeah. I do like that when Triple H goes just die yeah Yeah. that's good and
2: also when Undertaker goes for his tombstone he gets the classic old man Undertaker can't quite manage the weight anymore noise as he lifts you up Uh, every time he goes for a tombstone
3: I very much enjoy Triple H's face after he does the pile driver and, and Undertaker kicks out the shock on his face is like Triple H has generally been told he was going to win the match. Yeah. it's brilliant. And that, yeah. that, that like the Undertaker's gone into business for himself. Yeah. That, that's the genuine look. I on love Triple that, H's face. and I love
0: Triple H's whole thing here as well, where he does like you know Undertaker's like going up to him. He's like, no, no, it's over, mate. Yeah, He does not like he's taking him lightly, but he's just like, you can't beat me at this mm, point. Yeah. And Triple H goes to get himself the hammer. And then Undertaker locks in the Hell's Gate submission move. And Triple H looks like he's just about to be able to hit it. I was expecting Teddy Long to be like, hold on a minute, player. Now the Hell's Gate submission (laughs) has been banned. Uh, But no, hammer time does not happen. Hell's Gate locked in. Triple H has to, he fades away. And he slowly taps. I like that he tapped. And they didn't do the fucking three arms thing, you uh, know? Uh,
3: uh, this saved the match for me, this finish. I love yeah. that finish. I think Continually trying to get to the, the, the sledgehammer, him picking it up, getting ready to swing it down, just slowly dropping it, tapping. It's it's generally the best one of the best finishes I can remember.
0: Great finish to a match that I think looking back isn't as good as No, it's not. It's, it's not good this match. Out of Ooh. like the four, like going you look at the two If you look at the five, the three that Triple H had and the two that Sean had, I think this is the weakest of the five. Yes. By far. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Yeah. But that being said, they do tell a nice story and they're setting up for next year, a recurring theme here tonight, which is Undertaker not being up to it anymore. Because Triple H leaves on his own two feet, and the ultimate sign of disrespect, Undertaker goes home on a little car as a concerned Dean Malenko looks on. Did you spot Dean? No, I
3: didn't. Yeah.
2: He looks middle-aged as fuck. (laughs) there's a few good things about this match like you said Billy Triple H's facials and his selling of the fact that Undertaker won't stay down is just magnificent and the story like as a casual fan back in 2011 someone that remembered Undertaker really well Mm. this was a fucking like depressing ending to the match because it was like oh he won but Jesus Christ is this real? is he actually collapsing? like you know before you were wise to the idea of you know actually playing up to the undertaker's age on purpose i genuinely did think there was a chance that fuck undertaker is legit fucked now yeah and that just kind of made the match even greater yeah yeah
0: absolutely i think it was great selling by both of these guys Mm. probably one of the best matches on the card but that doesn't really say much because the rest of the matches failed to click this one was one of the only ones that had the audience emotionally invested i think yeah Vicky Guerrero comes out and introduces Lay Cool and Dolph Ziggler and Jerry Lawler does a fat joke. Uh, Vicky Guerrero, who had at the point lost loads of fucking weight and was the most overheal in the company and would constantly just get fat jokes from Jerry Lawler and John Cena. Rise above hate, folks. Don't forget. Be a star, yeah?
3: The last time they were in England before she got released Mm. and people were chanting, you're just a fat cat Slater at her jesus from translated from his standards yeah yeah, you wouldn't
0: mind with vicky though right at this point her character she's such a heel she's basically rita Repulsa from fucking power rangers Mm -hmm. at this point she's manipulative she's got a horrible voice she screams she does all this horrible stuff she's not fat she Mm. just isn't no can you think of any of her other evil heel characteristics to pick up on other than something that's not there Mm. Like God, fucking damn! It. It's,
3: it's purely the fact. Is what the thing that that do we do we always do like Piggy James? Yeah. If always. you're not, if you if you're not a rake, you're fat. Yeah. It's
0: ridiculous though because like Vicky Guerrero is like a grown fucking woman who was never an athlete. She's come in and she got herself an incredible shape, mm. and yet she still gets those fucking cheap jokes. I thought it was really mean spirited yeah. always. But we've got Team Lay Cool and Dolph Ziggler. Poor Dolph.
1: Uh. He's not
0: really moved the dial much nope. since here no. has he? Them versus John Morrison, Trish
3: Stratus, and Millie. Sorry, Snucky. I did not recognize Trish Stratus, Brian yeah. whatsoever. Remus, yeah, just in the face. Yeah, it like, just doesn't basically. look. It does not look. And you could have told me that was anyone else, and I would have believed you.
0: Her, her she changed drastically because she like started doing yoga stuff. Yeah. So she went away from that kind of bodybuilder kind of style and she mm. changed her hair color, she like had her implants removed, she completely changed She's her whole look. Completely right? different. She does look completely different. I do think though that she looks like such a star compared to the rest oh, of absolutely. the ladies around here. Snooki. She's Snooky, I mean, yeah Jersey Shore was a thing, but I'm pretty sure it was a thing in two thousand and nine, not two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Pure fucking silence. All these mid-carters it's a bad time to be an up-and-comer in WWE. Because if you're a mid-card at this point, it means you'll be gone in a few years. Anyone can wrestle here tonight at WrestleMania, folks. Even Michael Cole and Snooki are getting in on the action.
3: That being said, when Snooki did all the, the all the flips that like, China used the to back do... The backspring elbow. The back spring elbow. I fucking marked out a little bit. Because I couldn't expect... It was the only because she's, she's so small as well. She's such a tiny lady... I and mean, then just to do all these flips, and yeah. just, I, I actually was like, oh, that's oh, fair foxy and
2: snuggy like. But you shouldn't be at WrestleMania just because you can do that.
0: And yeah. also, as well, for one of the supposed celebrities here tonight, she did get a reaction akin to Drew Carey or John Cena, which was <laughs> complete and utter apathy and <laughs> yeah, anger.
3: Absolute ambivalence.
2: Was it my imagination, or did Michelle McCall go for the Styles clash? Oh yeah, that was her move. That was her move. Yeah,
3: that was the finishing move. It was As star. if yeah. what was it called again? The
0: Angel's Wings. The angel's Wings. <laughs> yep that's in fairness though before you give out to her for appropriating Angie Styles move just imagine Michelle McCool go the gay community <laughs> and then you, know you go actually you know what she probably can do it you know? <laughs> pretty much the same thing the one thing I will notice from this match is watching Trish and Michelle McCool wrestle it does seem like every four years the entire women's roster gets deleted yeah like they're true. just gone like yeah. Eve Torres remember her Candice yeah. Michelle remember her Kelly Kelly remember her mm. all these big names that they pushed as their and they're gone forever. It's hard yeah. reset. You're right.
2: Constantly changing it. Like the shelf life is a like few like years. back caitlin AJ Lee,
0: gone. Like, yeah, forget done. about them forever.
2: And like they don't kind of get brought back
0: they overnight as well. Disappearances, yeah. Yeah. It's like
3: when caitlin just like they just didn't renew a contract. Just she vanished. just she just went. Yeah, yeah. Gail Kim eliminated herself from the company by mistake. Why are you yeah. do that? <laughs> Karma <laughs> turned up for one Royal, Royal Rumble, Rumble match. Yeah, N- gone forever.
0: So, Snooki does do that move, and uh, yeah, that's that's impressive, I guess. Jay Leno, sorry. Dennis Rodman, sorry. Melina, sorry. Snooki wins the match. <laughs> And the real reason why I wanted to talk about this match was not because of the match itself. It's because of John Morrison in an act of... I think he thought he was being nice about his girlfriend Melina being kicked off this match, which is apparently something that they claim had happened. Other people claim she was never booked for it he throws shade at Trish Stratus did you see this no. no at the end of the match Trish goes over for them all to celebrate and John Morrison won't high five or hug her he just turns to the crowd and raises his arms the
3: only thing I noticed was John Morrison putting up um, Snooky's arm and looking like he just pulled it out of her shoulder because of the height difference <laughs> just like it looks like he ripped her arm out
0: yeah he completely ignored Trish Stratus and then interviews afterwards she was like I thought that was literally one of the rudest things someone's ever wow. done to you like in front of the whole crowd like that and the reason he did is because apparently she stole Melina's spot you want to fucking talk about a night now where there were serious there were spots being stolen Yeah. and Melina I don't really think like you know she was she was never like at that level I think where mm. it's like a spot being stolen just Trish Stratus and Snooky were brought in because mm. that was it money yeah. Money is all it was youth hustling with Chris Eubanks sign in the crowd <laughs> <laughs> I did <laughs> not Amazing. notice that that was my uh sign of the night and my pop of the night I guess but don't worry, folks, we are all been building towards something. The main event. The showcase of the immortals. Ring the stars a million miles away. It's The Miz, the WWE Champion, taking on John Cena.
3: The way that Justin Roberts says Jan Cena yeah. is incredible. Jan. I also don't understand what these packages are about. Fucking hell.
2: Yeah, don't I don't like the packages.
3: They they show a they show two packages, one for each of the wrestlers. Yeah. At no point in either of this these packages does it explain why these two are fighting. Thank That's you. true. Absolutely. Exactly. You get a package on the Miz, and I was just thinking when I was watching it, because before I knew that they were gonna do a separate one for Cena, I was just like, What's going?
2: Where's Cena? Where's Cena
3: in this? And then they showed Cena's one. Well. It's like, "Where's the Miz in this?" It almost, Why are they fighting? There is, is this? No is
2: no explanation? Not even on commentary. Nothing. I don't know what's going on. They're fighting because John
0: Cena won an elimination chamber match to become number one contender.
2: <sighs> Fucking great main event WrestleMania.
0: One thing I will say though, okay. The Miz's promo package I think is incredible It was
2: good I think
0: it in terms good. of Building a character And making him look like A legit star Like a believable main eventer. And believe me I'm a big fan of The Miz So I'm am I I'm a huge fan of The Miz And his run here with the belt I think Considering it Everything working against him I thought That he did a really good job At maximising his Kind of moments Or whatever mm. But good lord here The Miz has this Awesome video package And it's shown like You know, when all the big wrestlers were all doing their thing, he's on the fucking real world being shit. You gotta go, Hulkamania's running wild. Like, I'm on the real world. This is The Miz. And then showing footage like Flair and Austin rock. And like, here's Miz on Tough Enough. And then they're showing footage of Cena and Orton. And here's Miz hosting SmackDown, being a jobber. And they really kind of nicely put over the fact that He's, he's come such a long way. Yeah. And he's being champion to spite everyone, basically. And yeah. I love that, that he's like... He's real feuders with the fans... As opposed to yeah. anyone else. That's a cool little story. It's not conveyed here at all. The reason it's not conveyed here at all... Is because pretty much everyone who's going into this... Didn't expect this match to happen. They thought that somehow... Something the would Rock happen. would be involved. Yeah. That would be Miz versus Rock versus Cena. Or that The Rock would beat up Miz and then he would fight Cena. Yeah. Literally everyone I knew who came back to wrestling didn't think we were actually seriously, really, Miz and Cena. The weeks before the match, everyone was just waiting on Raw for them to make some sort of announcement. Even though everyone was saying, no, Rock ain't wrestling. But people couldn't be like, no, surely
3: not, right? Like. Like, <laughs> you can't Miz have and, him there. Yeah,
0: Miz and Cena. Because the thing is, right? The Rock was coming out, anytime he was there, he made a few appearances, only a few. He was ripping the fucking shit out of John Cena, yeah. and ripping the shit out of The Miz. Your champion is a lame wad, he has a stupid catchphrase, he looks like a fucking idiot, he's a weirdo. Here's John Cena, he's an idiot, his t-shirts are stupid, his fans are all little kids, we men, we don't like John Cena. Well, if we men don't like John Cena, are we the fucking people who bought this pay-per-view in for a bad night, I guess, Rock? Because that's our main event. You just trashed it, and you're not in it. And the crowd spent the whole match looking at the ramp. Yeah. When's The Rock going (laughs) to come out and wrestle, then?
2: It's so fucking sad. There was so many moments in this match where you see the fans looking, and I'm like, oh, shit, someone's doing a run-in. No, they're just... Desperate. There's kind open. of...
0: There's a few moments in wrestling where it's kind of like hype up and kind of, oh, what could happen? And then reality. Mm. Mm. That Miz video package is like, oh, yeah, maybe, man, kind of, you know. I remember sitting back there fucking five in the morning on my floor in Glasgow going, yeah, I'm kind of getting into this. Kinda, I kind of feel it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Miz, cool, awesome. And then the reality. Miz walking out with Alex fucking Riley through a big balloon that says awesome that's the reality of this match folks. I,
3: I feel so sorry for The Miz mm-hmm. he is being treated in this moment like a complete joke he's so secondary to, to the everything fucking, to everything everything and I everyone... feel so bad for him
0: and you know what they did all these things where he was like yeah I've got a chip on my shoulder everyone's talking about The Rock and John Cena no one's talking about me and they had him lay out John Cena on Raw kind of and doing this whole thing like oh, I'm The Miz I'm the one you should pay attention to it didn't matter because when it came to the night, no one gave a shit about The Miz. Because they hadn't done a good enough job of building him up. Or John Cena, for that matter. This match ruined The Miz. Oh, Oof, for God. So,
3: how, how long did it take for The Miz to become credible again? Like, you know last what?
0: year. I think Miz has become credible since Maurice has come back. i have really yeah, enjoyed yeah, him. that's true. Like, he's been entertaining beforehand, but credible only in the last few months, I think. We're yeah. in, like, oh, September 2016. And down to this match. Oh, this match starts... Like, this match... Really starts a downward spiral for him, the poor lad. And you, I feel bad for as well. That poor gospel choir who were told they were going to go out and sing the top baby face of the company's song here in Atlanta for WrestleMania. Of course, we'd love to. There's something so awkward about 70,000 people booing a fucking gospel choir. Yeah. It's not fair, isn't it? All right, lads. Jeez. I know, obviously, Reverend Devon's heel gimmick was so strong that <laughs> <laughs> any you hear gospel in WWE... It's like Pavlovian response. Oh, yeah, that yeah. no good Deacon Batista is probably going to steal more of our money. No, it's just <laughs> you booing a poor religious group here. Big Jesus promo for John
4: Cena. Lord Jesus, it is you who wakes me up every day. and I am forever
2: grateful for your love.
4: This is why I pray.
2: Yeah. What the fuck, I thought it was like a fever dream or something, that was so weird. Like since- I know was... I can beat the Miz because of the
0: power and the glory of the Holy Spirit in my hand, like. Since when has Cena had like faith as part of his gimmick? Since they brought in the gospel choir. Yeah, yeah. see, look there he is, he is Jesus loving. Look, look at the promo package lads. Boss, is it? sing. <laughs> yeah, they love Jesus wicked hard over there as far as yeah. I know. <laughs> The crowd is as dead as I was and this match was dumb and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> this
3: is awful.
0: We've all seen this main event where like, the crowd has been burned out. You know, we've all seen that where the crowd has been burned out from the matches previously. That's always happened. WrestleMania 18, the perfect example. Rock Hogan burns everyone out for Jericho yeah. Triple H. But you know what? That only really works if you've had loads of really good matches beforehand. And you've had one good match. Yeah. Maybe two? Like... There was no reason for the crowd... The crowd were there to be taken up to that next level still. Yeah. And they could have maybe done something to rebook this. Have The Rock out at the start. Have fucking something yeah. to get people
3: Even engaged. Even have him maybe referee it.
2: Yeah, something like that. Because
0: you know what this feels like? Because Miz is here with no credibility. Trying to work over Cena with no fucking reaction from the crowd. I kind of feel like backstage, there's The Rock with Vince going... Guess you need me next year, Vince. Because... These guys don't seem very over at all. And you know what? It almost reminds me of something Hulk Hogan would do in WCW in like 1920. Looks like those guys can't hack it, brother. Looks like you're going to need to get the big name in next year. I'm going to take out that checkbook. I think The Rock was not out at the start of this match for a very obvious reason to prove to himself, I guess, and to prove to this whole company that your roster ain't good enough anymore, I guess. And that is fucking shit to see in a main event. John Cena gets a few hope spots, but they all get shut down because the Miz ain't credible and John Cena's built a Superman. You just don't buy it.
3: I, I forgot as well to go back a bit to the start of this match. I knew I I knew just on paper this match was not going to be good, but it was cemented in me when the referee holds the title upside down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he holds it in the air and it's upside down. Oh no, down. no, no. The reason for that Is actually... It a spinner?
0: No, because The Miz, in the ultimate heel move, everyone hated the spinner belt. Oh, he right. unveiled the new championship that had
3: the W turn gen- to an M. I genuinely thought that that was like a yeah, nail so in the coffin. Like.
0: You know what? The reason most of the audience probably would have thought that yeah. if you were watching that. So to be honest, it's a fair point to make. Uh, Riley donks scene age when exposed turnbuckle. Alex he, Riley in a main event. That's a weird thing to yeah. fucking say. Do not it? think he looks like
2: Aladdin with his little purple waistcoat on. Like. Yeah. Hey, careful, mate. You might wear age on you, you know?
3: <laughs> Where's the fire? Where's the passion? Seriously. It's a main event. Seen no, is such a passionate guy in the ring. He, doesn't yeah. f- he seems he, like he's not into it. He's not into it. The Miz is not into it. Vague yabba dabba chants are all you hear from the
0: audience. Hey, remember four hours ago we thought this show might be the most memorable WrestleMania? The most memorable we were, WrestleMania! we were promised! Remember when yeah. we were young at the start of this show? Years remember, ago. Remember years ago when everything was okay and The Rock said yabba dabba and told us that we owned if you smell what The Rock is cooking? No, not anymore. This was the sound of 70,000 people wondering where The Rock was as the ref gets bumped and we're sitting here waiting. Cena gets briefcased, kicks out,
2: Miz kicks out of the attitude adjustment. There is a bit of a pop for that. Now this isn't this match isn't all you know doom nasty. and gloom. Yeah, there is a nice little light at the end of the tunnel we have our grunt of the night oh, hey! it's, uh, yes I forgot about the grunt of the oh goodness Cena picks up Miz to go for the AA and as he picks him up he makes a big air yeah! yeah! noise <laughs> yeah. just for you guys the latest in grunt technology has allowed me to actually record this grunt just so you guys can actually hear it oh my <laughs> god does this mean
0: it's going to be an end to misinterpretation of grunts that's exactly my plan uh huh enhance That's that's, fucking, that's like the invention of, like, you know, this This is as big a moment the Attitude Era podcast for when Raw, when Jerry Lawler found out he was able to draw over the screen with a <laughs> big and, over here! you got a penis! If this <laughs> penis came, this is where the semen would go! <laughs> so The Miz kicks out of that attitude adjustment, though, which it does get quite a reaction relative, I guess. Shocking. The Crowder is shocked mm. that The Miz just does not get beaten. Shows you how credible The Miz is, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. Attitude Adjustment is it the least effective finishing maneuver of all time? No one ever gets pinned by it. Pretty much. No. The Miz then, for his troubles, gets concussed. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, that's the only one they go over and he does the the clothesline over the barricade barricade. onto the back. Miz landed right on the back of his head on the concrete, knocked out straight away, eyes glazed over. Fuck. So this whole bit that comes here now from the double count out to The Rock coming out, to The Rock going, it doesn't matter if you're a laptop and throwing (laughs) it around. All of this, the whole time, and the match getting restarted, The Miz is concussed. Jesus. Knocked out. Lights are on, but no one's home. Fucking hell. So... It's really fucking weird because you have The Rock shouting at this laptop and the camera shot as well made it look like The Cube was speaking. Yeah. (laughs) Because The Rock was like, there's no way WrestleMania's gonna end
3: on a double big cube, there's no way WrestleMania's gonna
0: end on a double Reset the (laughs) pay-per-view. So, they restart the match. Rock bottom. Miz wins. Great. And then The Miz gets beaten up. Yeah. Because, you know. Also great. Poor Miz, when he holds up that belt... You've won the main event of WrestleMania, one of the most poorly received matches of all time and he looks like it. Oh. Yeah, that's
3: that's the thing. If no winner of the main event of WrestleMania should have the look of confusion on their face when they are declared. Mate, I lottery.
0: was confused by this as well. They have fucking double count out. Then The Rock comes out. Then he fucking beats him. He has a the laptop.
3: authority to restart.
2: A
0: match. How? Why? Because he's
2: the host. Are you going to tell me that a referee would double count out the title match in the main event of WrestleMania? Well, that's it.
0: back in the Attitude Era, mate. They wouldn't have done that. It's just because how bad wrestling is now. And the Rock has come back <laughs> yeah, to make it better, hasn't he? So let him do his job. They spend the whole night waiting for The Rock and you know what when he came back out they didn't pop nah. they didn't make a noise because they were yeah. like what is going on yeah. it was so fucking stupid the next night on Raw the challenge is laid down because The Rock says the reason why I stopped you from winning John is because The Rock doesn't like you and which men... he's been saying for like a year <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really I thought you come out the... fucking sooner <laughs> I thought when you had the child dress up as John Cena and you screamed at him that you liked John Cena I just <laughs> Very confusing indeed. Oh, the reason we didn't book the match for 27 was because we didn't know whether or not The Rock Life on <laughs> scene, I guess. So, they make possibly the boldest move that WWE had made in a long time. Yeah. Booking a match a year in advance. This is a fucking company which at the point week to week was changing their ideas on stuff. We're pushing people with feuds and titles. A whole year... Until the next episode of the Edit podcast. No, until we would have WrestleMania 28. There's some roadblocks in the way, let's just say. But what did you think of that main event?
2: Third match.
0: It was, it was awful. Rubbish. I awful. think that might be one of the worst main events. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's up there with Hulk Hogan and Psycho Sid when mm. that ended in a DQ. Jesus Because you really? Papa Shango forgot to run out. Oh. It's up there with that. I can't think of a worse one. Because Jericho, you know, Jericho and Triple H had a stinker. Randy and Triple H had a stinker. What
3: about Roman Triple H? I don't, I don't know. Boring. At least that fucking
0: put someone over. I just felt that like these two lads came out looking like fucking and we did, nerds. Yeah, yeah
3: at sort start of 32, we did have Steph being, um, yeah, Mad, that was Max badass. being yeah, Mad Max. Yeah, that's true but...
0: as well. This pay-per-view was... Uh, honestly, I'm so happy to be in the room with my two best pals here and I absolutely love doing this with you but Jesus Christ during the four hours of that show I questioned what the fuck I was ever thinking even doing podcasts <laughs> I wanted to go back in time and find a slightly bored with too much time on his hands cowboy Kevin Mann and tell him no the, no <laughs> run <laughs> run now <laughs> now ah! WrestleMania twenty seven so bad! Dreadful. I remember at the time thinking that was a stinker and I tried to defend it but I knew it was a mm. stinker. As
2: it not a recurring fan come back in, did this kinda hook you back? No, because like it was that feeling I've had after so many pay-per-views where I stayed up till four AM like, yeah, it's wrestling, it's great. And then by the time I was going to bed it was like, Fuck's sake, what was I thinking? Like, There's I've something got, like that the tomorrow, bad
0: WrestleMania hangover. Yeah. You wake up the next day, you can never if you're living in the UK folks, you can never sleep right after WrestleMania because yeah. the sun comes up and you're off for fuck. Especially if it's a rubbish WrestleMania You wake up as well, seven like. hours I spent this year. What the fuck? fuck was i wasting my life yeah <laughs> yeah i got that feeling after this show yeah and i felt it after watching it again even though i knew it was for a podcast that people would listen to i still felt i was wasting my so life then you,
3: you wouldn't have watched it then again until we started watching it together that's the three right of us, that's, three of us as I, well that's when, when you actually got back into I it i got again. back
2: into it when punk did the pipe bomb that's when i started taking a proper interest in it and then yeah religiously watching it with you guys but this did this pay per view did nothing to rekindle my interest in it, wrestling.
0: It did get the buys. Yeah. It did get much bigger buys than twenty six, and it did get people interested in WrestleMania twenty eight. Which, if you're to believe them, was the plan all along. So the big match has been booked: John Cena and The Rock, Miami, Florida, his hometown WrestleMania twenty eight, and we've got a few roadblocks in the way. Of course, we're going to be reviewing Survivor Series yeah, so it's
3: beforehand. Like the proper Teddy Long pay-per-view. saw. now, hold on a minute, players. We're going to make this a tag team match. Adam, Billy, I don't know if we're even going to get to WrestleMania
0: 28 because I don't think The Rock and John Cena can stop the Miz and Or Truth. I just don't feel like they might be able to, even even though they probably will. Yeah. <laughs>
3: you don't. We don't even need to record it. Now. <laughs> it. That was our review. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I have a funny feeling we're going to get to the end of this whole fucking sequence of matches and pay per views
2: and speak. Finally. <laughs> Finally. <laughs>
4: Final thing then,
0: match of the night MVP,
2: Adam. Easily Orton versus Punk. Yeah. like I know you guys thought it was a good, not great match, but I actually thought it was an excellent match. I was, I don't know if it was just because it was placed in such a terrible pay-per-view, but I was completely hooked on that start to finish. The working of the leg, the selling, the facial expressions, thought the whole thing was great. And my MVP would be Randy Orton as well, because mm. I thought like, I didn't really know this Randy Orton before, like, this kind of era and, yeah, right, yeah. like, uh, You kind of knew, jumping jack, good job guns, <laughs> doing, the guns. <laughs> doing yeah. the guns, Randy Orton, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really know this before, and so I, and for a start off, I never really got why the punt was so over. But now I do, after having watched that match and the package beforehand, and, like, you realise what a scary move that is. And for Randy to be a face, and to have, like, the home spots and to be sympathetic, and then to also suddenly be a fucking psychopath as well at the same time, it was fucking great. Yeah. On um, this show, like
3: really well. Good lone highlight for you, yeah, I guess. Billy. For the first time ever, I will not be giving a match of the night. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, I wrote that down in my notes. Not writing a match of the night. Really? No Gosh. one deserved it. All level playing field of terrible for me. Terrible. Wow. Did not. Every match. Terrible. Yeah. MVP. Genuinely? Do you do you, you want to know who I wrote down as my MVP? I put fucking Snooki, cause she fucking surprised me.
2: <laughs> I cannot believe. We're getting out,
3: This is season two. We're getting back to. I like, <laughs> fucking no, no match of the night in fucking Snooki. This, this is what you've is done to me. Two. <laughs> Just wait until you see how far <laughs> we're gonna go.
1: <laughs>
3: the attitude it was small potatoes. <laughs> if I was gonna give it to a real person, punk. Yeah. Well, that's begrudging. Thank you. Begrudging. Snooki and Punk. Go on. Um,
0: I guess I'll probably have to give Match to the knights, even though I never liked the match greatly. But in terms of, you know, I think it was the match that did the best job of getting in those returning fans and maybe kind of relighting some of those, oh yeah, this is why wrestling. Undertaker and Triple H, I guess. Even though I think it's the weakest of the match. It's probably the best match on this card, I think, in terms of crowd reaction. MVP, begrudgingly, but... To be honest, the only reason anyone bought this fucking pay-per-view and that there was any buzz about this show yeah. at all, at all, was because of The Rock. And it doesn't matter that The Rock did fucking nothing here tonight with notes. It doesn't matter that he buried everyone in the process. As if I'm viewing it, as I tend to try in terms of who, put, who moved the dial who put people in seats wrongly and deceptively and under false pretenses it was the rock he did make Mm. people watch this show yeah he made a lot of my friends watch this show and he's the reason why i got a lot of fucking nasty phone calls and nasty facebook messages saying what the fuck have you been doing making us watch this shit like it was my fault because i continued to watch wrestling i passively pushed it on them that's
3: another thing i refuse to believe that anybody watched Wrestlemania 27 I went you know what I'm staying here yeah but there's that claim that they did yeah that 27 was the pay-per-view that got people back Bro, into wrestling people. I have a funny feeling that there were other this? things at play if whoever
0: think if that's genuinely what people think then they're the I second. don't know if
3: it's because I'm cynical but that there is no way this pay-per-view can make an old wrestling fan come back to wrestling No. Frankly, not a chance no. in hell
0: We'll see what comes next. But we're certainly going to look and see more of The Rock's return and seeing the impact he had. If he did move the dial he did get a lot of eyes on the product. Did they stay there? Was it for better or for worse? I think there's more to this story which we'll delve into over the next few episodes of the AEE podcast. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the first in our new season or new concept of the AE podcast. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher Radio, make sure you leave a rating or review, subscribe, go back and check out we reviewed the Attitude Era. It took like 36 episodes. They're proper banging. They're great. They're all up there. <laughs> Go give them a listen. If you're listening to this episode, let us know your thoughts over on facebook.com forward slash AEPodcast. And as always, follow us on Twitter, live tweeting goofs and gaffs, chatting with us and seeing our thoughts on the world of wrestling and updates about the AE Podcast.
2: Twitter, at Podcast. Give us a follow. If you like more visual content, head over to our Vimeo page, vimeo.com forward slash AEPodcast. Where you'll find some of our favourite moments from the podcast put to video. We're slowly re uploading all of our classic videos that got taken down from nasty old YouTube. Thanks. As well as putting on some new ones like the Grunt of the
3: Night compilation and the bills to Unforgiven 1999. And if you are a merchant of stuff and things such as I, head on over to botchamania.com, stuff and things galore. And
0: if you want to support the podcast monetarily, you can. Sorry, Colt, about I took your tongue and voice. <laughs> <in one second. laughs> if you want to support the podcast, the best way to do it is to go and check out our audio commentaries available to download for $5. That's £3 UK. Post-Brexit, that is. <laughs> Here are our thoughts as we talk over and ruin some classic wrestling movies. Our most recent one, when we got the band back together, we've sat down and watched Ready to
3: Rumble. Oh, and oh, by the way, I learned, I learned something about Ready to Rumble. Not David Arquette, James Caan's son. Oh my god. The guy, the other guy
0: was James Caan, the actor, his son. Not James Caan from, uh, from Dragon's Den, James Caan from Godfather.
3: What? That's his son. That's his son, not David Arquette is James Kahn's son oh. the David Flair of the film world that's so sad if no, you, you want didn't. to hear
0: observations akin to that <laughs> <laughs> then head over to selfie.com slash podcast. we've got Wrestling With Shadows Beyond the Mat Scooby-Doo and the Wrestlemania Mystery Ready to Rumble CM Punk Best in the World Stone Cold Steve Austin The Condemned whatever you're in the mood for it's a wrestling movie there's a good chance we've got an audio commentary to watch alongside and thank you everyone for listening and supporting the to our podcast we're so happy to be back in our regular format chatting about wrestling again with friends. <laughs> I'm trying to put a positive spin on this. <laughs> so it didn't come off. You came off as aggressive. And friends! <laughs> and you know what, Adam? Friends watch Survivor Series. They do. Friends watch The Miz and Or truth versus The Rock and John Cena and they get engaged with the product as well. <laughs> it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And me, Billy. We'll catch you next time. On the AE Podcast.